What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. What other purpose does this podcast have, guys? Why do we do this? Uh, I think it is really to reach out and touch the guys, get you know, communicate with everybody. Absolutely. And it replaced our safety meetings and just to get a bunch of information out there and hopefully reach you in a way we haven't been able to reach you before. And that's by listening while you're driving. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's the whole goal of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think trying to get people to listen on, even though they're on our time, it's their time in the truck. Exactly. And, and we're not taking away from anybody's time, hopefully. Yep. And you can miss big pieces of information. We've had two trucks recently back up to a pole at a dairy, the same exact pole. And maybe the first driver heard about the, the second driver heard about the first driver hitting that pole, that person wanted to hit it, stuff right. like that. Yeah, so, good, good point, yeah. Jim. So, so they'll stop and think about it because they just heard about it. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the pole everybody's talking about uh, on the podcast, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Well, I do want to welcome you guys back, Jim, Brother Dave, Super Dave, and we have a special guest today, Clint Nordstrom from Utility Trailer Interstate. Welcome, Clint. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Morning, Clint. Morning, in. everybody. Morning. Top yep. of the morning to you. <clears throat> Clint, one of the things we start off here is with the Pledge of Allegiance because we love America. <laughs> Best country on earth. <laughs> right. I pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not the opinion of JFW or Utility Trailer Interstates. It's just the five men in this room. <laughs> podcast is growing we are now over 17,400 downloads since we've started so very cool great job guys clint i'm sure you've heard we like to kick off with a dad joke as well did you bring one today i've got one okay i'm gonna take you back to when i was about five years old it's the first joke i ever heard and it's got you gotta almost be a farmer to understand this one and my dad told it to me he said what did the plow say to the john deere said pull me up a little closer john Deere," and i'll never forget that joke and i tell my little grandkids that same one and they think i am a superstar with that little joke well this isn't my dad joke but i just heard a john Deere joke okay that, that a driver shared with me yesterday do you know why uh oh god how did it go dave why why john deers are green no so they can't be seen hiding in the bushes when a real tractor shows up. <laughs> That's wow. not my dad joke, though. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell your real one? All right. I'll roll with it. Uh, this one could be kind of, I don't know, however you want to take it. What did one butt cheek say to the other? This isn't a clapping joke, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> there. Together we can stop this crap. That was a good one. <laughs> oh man. Well I'll stick with the, the October Halloween theme here and and all about uh, you know, we talk about working hard and doing all that. So why did the headless horseman decide to get a job? Huh. To get ahead. <laughs> You're close, dude. <laughs> he wanted to get ahead in life. Uh, <laughs> very good. Go ahead, Soup. What do you got? Super, you know, Super Day is a champion, by the way. Oh, no. Uh-uh. 
I started strong, and then I just <laughs> opposite of the Broncos. I started strong, and then started to fail. They're, they're Man, starting I, poorly. I have to say that's what she said. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, everybody talks about exercising. You know, as you're getting older, you're supposed to, you know, do things. It, even just walking, simple walking, is good for your health. Well, I went for a walk the other day with a girl. When she noticed me, we went for a run. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. It is. Oh, man. So I've been running out of gun puns, but I did find some hunting jokes with hunting season coming up. And Clint, are you a hunter? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're probably really good at it, and you could probably spot things that nobody sees. And, you know, I'm fairly new to the game, and I know you've, Jim, told me the same thing when you went down to Texas. You know, your guide's like, you see that brow tying over there? And it's like, nope, don't see that. You know what I mean? And same thing, the guys I go with, they've been doing it their whole lives, and they could spot something, you know, from 10 miles away. And they're like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. So anyway, two guys were out hunting a deer. The first guy says, did you see that? No, the second guy says. Well, a bald eagle just flew overhead, the first guy says. Oh, says the second guy. A couple minutes later, the first guy says, did you see that? See what, the second guy says. He says, are you blind? There was a big black bear walking on that hill over there. Oh, a few minutes later, the first guy says, did you see that? And by now, the second guy is getting frustrated, so he says, Yes, I did. And the first guy says, then why'd you step in it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Too much fun. Yeah, good stuff, huh? Yep. We got a couple new guys in the wash bay, Joseph Martinez and Eric Bustios. They started this week. And then new drivers, we got Luis Rivera and Dustin Currier. So welcome to the team, everybody. Yeah, welcome, guys. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Yep celebrations for anniversaries we got gilbert benny he hit two years on the 20th that's actually tomorrow and herb turner is also hitting one year tomorrow so happy anniversary to you too uh, congratulations you yeah. guys goes quick seems like gilbert just got here and herb time's flying by with you as well man gilbert's turning into a, a star trainer now. <laughs> yeah he is yeah did you see his truck lately Ghost. Mm-hmm. Ghost. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I see him, I just go like this because that's <laughs> that's the emblem, his little logo on there. Right. He does it back. Right. It's, his, yeah. it's his call sign. Yeah. It's funny. He was on that dirt job, our our dirt job over there, yard twenty three, and he's just a rock star, man. You know, I wouldn't even talk to him. He'd just come in automatically, pick up where to dump and what to do, and you know, being level and just just one of those guys that just he's got it going on. knows knows the job well. He's good at his craft. Silent warrior for very sure. Very good. Yeah, yeah, chill. Very chill. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Isn't hasn't Herb trained a little bit for us though yes. and helped us out? So yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. literally just starting, right? Starting uh, to train or trained a couple no, guys. No, he's trained a few guys. Oh, over okay. the past Has he? Few yeah. Months. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Two good guys. I mean yeah, a year for Herb there and two for Gilbert, but yeah. stepping up and helping train mm-hmm. and and you know, passing on their knowledge. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, they both come from awesome backgrounds. Um Gilbert uh, has been in a oil field type situation for many many years and herb comes from a dirt outfit doing just crazy excavation and running a tandem into crazy places and yeah. stuff like that so good stuff uh yeah herb's been doing really great i don't think we've had a single incident with herb since he's been here yeah i mean he's truly a silent warrior right so great job herb great job bill gilbert birthdays on uh, 17th, we had Vince Meekins. Yesterday was Ryan Emmerling's birthday. And then today is George 
Potguider's birthday. Uh, today's also Miguel, or tomorrow's Miguel Dedios. Then 1021, we got Shane Fredrickson. And 1022, Robert Shaw. So lots of birthdays. Lots of birthdays. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We didn't have like any birthdays last week, wasn't it? And then we had no anniversaries, and I think one birthday last week. So. Is that that gotcha. fall in line with February for, for uh, Valentine's Day? I think those are Valentine's Day babies. Something. I don't know. I was just thinking about that because Allie's birthday is the 26th of October here. So Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. Those are some Valentine's Day babies right <laughs> yeah. there. I remember that. I had a dad joke about September babies, but I couldn't go. It's not... Not politically correct. You want to tell the one it's about the you want to tell the one about the roosters? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I told that one at home last night. <laughs> Did you hook them and reel them in? Oh yeah. <laughs> Easy money. We'll have to tell Clint after the podcast. Yep. Yeah, off air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Family birthday celebrations. We got Emiliano Guerrero who turns one years old. Turned yeah today. Today's actually his birthday. That's Rudy's son. Oh, nice. Yeah, seems like just wow. yesterday. Right? right? Yeah. Man, Rudy was taken one year. Off. Holy cow. Congratulations, yeah. Rudy. Happy birthday, Emiliano. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I want to read a uh, thank you letter from Tiana Freeman. As a reminder, if you don't know who Tiana is, that's Gene Freeman's daughter. She had a sweet 16, and of course, JFW stepped up and sent her something. So she said, JFW family, thank you so much for the $25 gift card to Amazon. Thank you for caring for my dad in this work setting. You guys are amazing, and I love the company's morals. I enjoy listening to your podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Tiana Freeman. So. You know, that, that that's special for a 16-year-old to take the time and write that. But yeah. how truthful, because at 16, I'm not sure I'd listen to our boring podcast. <laughs> yeah, Every right. week. Oh, right? You're, yeah. right? You're busy yeah. when you're 16, aren't yeah, you? Right? Yeah. There's so. a few more important things yes so thank you tiana for the thank you card she actually sent me one as well because bella and i ended up going to a sweet 16 party and bella was on a dance floor with her all night (laughs) nice i could have just left (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah Yeah. good stuff shout outs gilly wanted to uh so this is a shout out to the jfw fleet the shop the wash bay everybody really because it takes all of us to make this happen but Gilly mentioned that the Colorado State Patrol had portables set up in Owl Canyon yesterday, and they were just waving the JFW trucks right through and and stopping other trucks. So that's just a relationship that we've developed with, you know, the Colorado State Patrol. They know, one, they're probably wasting their time, and then, two, we got our act together. So that's let's go stop cool. those other trucks. So, But, but I mean, we... We talk about that all the time, every podcast, everything we talk about, safety and stuff like that, is that must be because we have a relationship, you know, and, and a reputation, but we have to live up to that. So before you leave here, you're, you know, or when you get in at night, that post-trip, that pre-trip, all that, you guys, is so important. We cannot let off the gas pedal you know, on, on how we take care of our trucks and ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too important. Absolutely. Each one of us have to keep that link in that chain. Yeah. Otherwise the chain's broken. There we are being yeah, pulled you in. You have problems. to build the <laughs> reputation, don't you? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and to maintain it. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And, and that creates that relationship because they understand like we do it. Right. You know, we get it done. Yeah. Hence, there's the reason of the podcast is to engage and get everyone to realize that it takes every single person to be part of that. Yep. You know, I've got something to say about that. Um, my mother has four acres, and we order material from you guys 
Um, and I think there's probably been about five deliveries over the last couple of years. And my mom calls me and she says, well, that must be the owner because he sure was polite and he <laughs> acted like the owner. And your drivers have hit her that way every single time they deliver. And yeah. now my mom says, boy, they have some beautiful trucks out there. So that driver <laughs> attitude She's looking at the trucks, and now she's telling me, and who else is she telling? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, Clint. And thanks, Jim and Dave, for making those deliveries. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the discussion. Uh, first thing that's come up a few times this past week, uh, the last few weeks, is wait times. Right? We got to call in if we're waiting at a pit or a plant to get or anywhere more than 20 minutes so right. we want to hear you hear from you right at that 20 minute mark don't call us when you've been waiting an hour because we've kind of blew our chance to move you around and do something else now we got so much skin in the game waiting you know what's another 20 minutes going to do but we could have moved you somewhere else and rearranged some things and that's just going to benefit you and it's going to benefit the house the problem that we're running into is when you guys are waiting, you're charging JFW to wait. So we're not getting paid, but you are. And that's not really fair. So I don't know if we're going to make a policy, what we're going to do. There may be a signature page. But if you want to get paid for wait time, it's got to be approved by dispatch for waiting. And if you call us when you've already been in there an hour, we're not, we're not going to approve you getting paid for that. So 20 minutes, call us. Let us know there's a problem. You know, Let us know how many trucks are in front of you. You know, it could be there's three JFW trucks headed that way. You may have to wait and we'll pay you, but we could reroute those other trucks Absolutely. somewhere else and be more productive and efficient. Yeah, so. take care of our customer base with a cleaner line and all that. Yeah. You know, one of the big things I, I want to kind of put in front of that, you know, that's like you pull in and you see a line of 50 trucks waiting. You don't need to wait 20 <laughs> right. more minutes, right? Right sit there and go that's true hey there's 40 trucks in front of me or 50 trucks in front of me is the plant bro communicate at that location that you're at and realize oh i'm good it's going to be an hour before i get loaded call dispatch and give them that information hey there's making it up 35 trucks in front of me here the bin broke at morrison you know do you want me to wait or or what would you like me to do I, it's not my 20 minutes but i know i'm going to be here well over 20. Mm -hmm. so you know, do a little bit of advocacy for yes. for the house and yourself and our customer, you know, because that's it's not just about you. It's not just about JFW, but it's about the whole big, big picture. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. yeah, a great example is sometimes the line is super long at Morton. Well, LG Everest is just up the street. Right. You know, yeah. you could in 10 minutes, you could be at another pit, get loaded, get out of there. And then right. we could revisit Morton perhaps later when the line is down. Absolutely. Yeah, good points. Also, if you're waiting 20 minutes and you're the next truck in line, you don't really need <laughs> you don't really need a call either. I mean, we won't be mad at you for doing that, but yeah. you know, yeah, you've waited 20 minutes, but you're getting loaded next. You're gonna you're gonna right. be just fine, and the house is gonna be fine as well. Yeah, yeah and that so. again, that could be back to that that first round. Your next load back there, you may wait two minutes or drive in and get loaded. So right. then you're, there's your combination of okay, so I only waited 10 minutes my first load. And I waited 10 minutes, my second load in the combination, but I'm, I'm going and it's worked out. Yep. You know, we're after, like you mentioned, Jim, the bends broke down. Right. You know, there, there's a problem. I got, I got to the salt guys and they're, 
over here at, at uh, ARS and the cars aren't pulled up. Right. You know, it looks like I'm going to be here a while. Can I go take a load to 12? Right. You know, just like you guys are mentioning, it's, it's the situation and communicate with us. And it happens anywhere, but we did just bring up ARS. That's that's one of the trouble areas right now. And then also Morrison. I mean, that happens there quite mm-hmm. often as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't pull you off. You know, like the other day, they needed the they needed those rail cars unloaded, right? Okay, well, we're going to want to charge a customer for that, but we got to put put some things in play to make that happen right. before we just say, yeah, we're going to pay you for two hours and we'll get paid for those two hours, you know? Right. So... Awesome. Yeah, so true. Uh, let's talk about the Heidi Ganahl stickers. We've gotten a little bit of feedback on those. Do, what, do we have stickers? I, I haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll start with you, Clint. When you see those stickers, what, what do you think? When the first time you probably saw one and didn't know uh, we were the doing first that. thing I think, man, those guys are involved over there. Uh, <laughs> that's really what I think. That's initially. pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we we've had a few drivers concerned. I think we made a mention on the last podcast, but I think that's kind of simmered down a little bit, you know, just cuz there's a sticker on the truck that you drive for your company doesn't mean that you're a supporter or you're involved, right? And nobody's going to recognize like that was Jan Backus in that truck over there, you right. know. He's voting for Heidi, you know. Nobody right. knows who I am. So, um, that simmered down. We have gotten some feedback from the public. We've had a couple reviews that didn't appreciate our political stance, and they're not going to do business with us anymore, but they weren't our customers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly just a single person upset and yeah. like that and yeah. called and was like, I'm not going to do business with your company anymore on the Google review. and. They probably don't even know what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean. You couldn't do business with us if you wanted to. You got no place to put material. Right. So, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. You know, but I did, you know, when I saw that, I looked those people up because you could see what other reviews they've left. And I thought, surely they're just, you know, every single review is going to be a bad review because yeah. typically when you see complaint reviews, I like to go check that out. Like, is this person just a complainer? Sure. Or? It's a trend. Right? Yeah. They usually have a trend too. I, I was surprised. That wasn't the case. Ah, they're very just, good. They were just so upset about those stickers. They had right. to leave a bad review. Yeah. Yep, so uh, I got to throw this out there, Jim. So at 11.50 last night, I got an application from a dude applying for a mechanics position. Uh-huh. 77-year-old dude. He didn't completely fill out the app, but he, he was a mechanic for you know his whole career. But <laughs> under job description, it said, uh, great job with your stickers, Really uh, appreciate you, you know, nice. wanting to take back Colorado or whatever. Right. But. And and getting to that point, and that's great. That's that's pretty cool. He took the time to figure yeah. out a way to get a hold of us. Right. <clears throat> the positive reviews that we have coming on the phone. People are calling up saying, hey, we really appreciate what you're doing. People, other companies have called interested in getting their Absolutely. own stickers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So, yeah. yep. You might interject here. Of course. Along that lines, we have the utility mud flaps, and you can imagine how many thousands of mud flaps we have out there over the oh, years, yeah. and our phone numbers on there. We probably get two phone calls a day, and you can hear the the person that answers our phone starting <laughs> to explain to him, "No, no, no, that's not our trailer. He did not run you off the road, <laughs> right?" And they do not give up. Right. Yes, right. he did. And I, that's our advertising. Well, that's right. your trailer. Well. It, those are our mud flaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And right. they, they're so heated, they can't reason. 
No. Right. Uh, no. And and we talk about that a lot, Clint, that you know, we <clears throat> one of the examples we use that always sticks in my mind is <clears throat> we talk about throwing a cigarette butt out the window. And one of the things we came up with is me and Dave had a guy in front of us with a marine license plate, but he threw the cigarette out the window. And so you look and you're thinking, okay, so you're thinking that's a marine, there's a marine license plates, but we know we all know our our resolve that we feel for a marine or any service member, but there they are throwing that cigarette out. So then you think all Marines throw their cigarettes out the window, but that that's not true. It's the same thing as the mud flap, right? You right. know, and but you're you're representing that group, and that's where we talk about our drivers. You mentioned that with your mom, and and, and Jam joked about thanks Dave and Jim for going out and and making those deliveries. And uh, Dave and Jim did just go out and make those deliveries because our drivers represent us. Sure, and to hear yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, you're like. Oh my God! They did really pull off being owners of this company, you know, and it, it it just it just makes me feel so good that they 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 acted like an owner, you know, right. and took care of that that your your mom and they don't have any clue it's your mom, right? right? right. That's that's any that's any delivery, yeah. you know. So we're going okay. We're, we're slowly changing our culture by creating that. And like you said, who does she go and tell? How, how many people do we do we affect? And that's the whole point of this podcast is please listen because we're, we're patting you on the back also. You know, you guys are pulling off amazing things every day, yes. you know. And, and I wanted to mention about the reviews on the, on the Google that they won't do business with us anymore. And, and there's two thoughts I had. So all of us have seen the political commercials on the TV, all right? And that person said, oh, you know, you're advertising. I won't do business with you anymore. So did they quit watching Fox or Channel 31, right. Channel 7, Good Channel point. 2, whoever's running, you know, for or against? You know what I mean? But my my big thing to all this is, and we said it in the first podcast when we put the stickers up, if this has spurred a conversation, that's our whole goal. We won about this you don't have to go we want you to vote for Heidi we feel she would be the best that's our feeling that's our opinion that's what everybody we want to have but the big thing is just go vote look up your candidates do something don't sit in your house and go I don't like that sticker and then not do anything right you know please don't do that I can say don't believe the political ads yeah they're they're boy talk about lies and propaganda on both sides (laughs) yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can take any statement and do a sound bite off of it, and if they don't complete the sentence, you know, I yeah. mean, the 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 commercials that I've seen for, you know, both Joe Day and Heidi Ganahl are just they're preposterous. They mm-hmm. they are absolutely 100 percent false. I mean, we've been at their fundraisers. Heidi Ganahl came and spoke at IPOC. So did Joe O'Day, and yeah, I mean, those commercials are just flat lies. But again, on both sides. Because, you know? because that's not the whole story, Dave. And right. that, one, that one saying is, if you don't get the whole truth, it is still a lie. Right. Because it's just that little section. Yeah. Right. You know? What did Paul Harvey say back in the day? Remember Paul Harvey? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen to him every day yeah. driving. Yeah. The he rest- was our podcast because podcasts didn't exist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was a pioneer, <laughs> and, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. And the phrase is, we can all say it together. And now, now. 
the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good for not rehearsed, right? Yeah. He was, I loved Paul Harvey. Yeah, he, he was, was good. awesome. Yeah. I tell you, his son does those shows now. He sounds exactly like him. Really? I didn't know that, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Going to have to get a radio in the aunt. Well, I mean, I guess we could just you listen. You almost can't now. tell the two apart when oh, you're huh. listening. Yeah. I had no idea. Huh. So I, I will cap. I mean, I don't know if we're through discussing on the hiding and all stickers, but only because we're so close with their camp, but... We will be installing 50 Joe O'Day stickers on, <laughs> on, on 50 more trailers. Why which, not Why not 96? Uh, it was kind of a number that needed to be doable, Jam. Uh, and I guess I feel like our shop is so inundated. You know, they, right. they've completed all the Heidi Ganahl stickers. You right. know, we have, we're down to less than 30 days to vote. And I'm like, what's a manageable number? I, you know, we got to get something on. So, and I was trying to help Joe O'Day's camp as far as, oh yeah, give me a hundred stickers and geez, we only get 50 on. That's not fair. So you're you saying know? 50 of them on one trailer and make a full wrap. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably just be putting those on the driver's side mm-hmm. of, you know, 50 trailers. So yeah. cool. I'll, I'll finish up with, I uh, got my ballot in the mail yesterday. Nice. Yeah. I opened it up. I didn't fill it out yet, but I'm on my way. Nice. Well, IPOC has sent out a voter's guide oh. <laughs> for Adams County. So You are my voter's guide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems a little bit more straightforward. It's not, it's not the confusing issues. Right. You know, it's yes. just, who do you want? I want this person. Yeah. 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 So. There are some interesting issues, though, as far as the, the uh, I'll just call it the liquor issues. Mm-hmm. I need to dive into that and... Uh, be sure I'm understanding those commercials correct because it does seem huge for small business versus some of the big chains. I don't know what. On the just d- need to dive into the details. Right of on that. the delivery, I thought the same thing. I, I need to look at that because you're you're only getting half the truth on that on that commercial. Commercial, yeah. So I want to know all the truth. Who does it affect? Right. You know. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we got uh, a note about waving at other drivers. Who brought that up? I brought that up. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, that was that was our brotherhood. You know what I mean? You waved at everyone mm-hmm. as far as other drivers, and it was yeah. just a, a courtesy, and it didn't have to be one of the, you know, I'm on a float in a parade wave, like, ah, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of the uh, easy, you know, index finger up, go mm-hmm. past type deal, you know, just acknowledgement maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, not the full-on wave, but just acknowledgement, the head head nod as you went by which you know we didn't have the tinted windows way back we did later which makes it hard to see but but there is a standard trucker wave when you pass you know two trucks passing have you ever noticed that it's that little that little the hand comes up and and gives a little shake yeah and yeah. then it just they just hold it there yeah almost you know. like a little karate chop a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep well, the farmers have a wave, too. You know, you go down a two-lane road in the rural areas, their hand's on the steering wheel, and that one finger comes up. <laughs> uh-huh. that, I call that the Nebraska wave, which yeah. makes sense with the farmers, yeah, right? we call when, it the farmer wave. When we go up to McConaughey, to the, we have a place up there we've had for 45 years or whatever. And, yeah, you go down the road, and I, it takes the first person to pass me that gives me that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And it, it, it's just the index <laughs> finger, right? That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's all it is, right? right? You just have to exercise that index finger. I, I wrote that in my notes because I was just there this weekend. And the first couple people that passed me. 
gave me that one finger off the steering yeah. wheel. And I'm telling Holly, I'm like, oh, man, I, I forgot. You know, so everybody, you know, it's just one finger right it, off that wheel. Doesn't that make you feel bad when yeah. you miss oh, it? Oh, and you right. miss that wheel. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to go back and redo. Right, right. <laughs> I, it makes you feel like that, Clint. Yeah, absolutely. I was, when I also seen this, though, I was, because the Jeep wave, there's the right. Jeep wave. And I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, what's, what's the Jeep wave? Anybody in a Jeep waves to each other, Dave. Yeah. Oh, I mean it. It. I mean, there's very few people that don't, and I know Jam. <laughs> I it might be with one finger, you know, <laughs> not the index finger. Yeah, it's a Jeep thing. You wouldn't yeah. understand. Right? Yeah. When, yeah. when he first got yeah. the Jeep, I think you asked me how come everybody's waving. Right? Ah, sometimes you're just not in the mood. Like I don't know you. You know, like, cool. You have a Jeep. Awesome. So does five million other people. Yeah, you know, it but goes with a cracked windshield on your Jeep. I'll bet you have a cracked windshield. I have a chip that was just repaired, but it's a fairly new windshield. Yeah, yeah so. that flat. Oh, oh they flat. They, 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 they snapped. Yeah, they? didn't make mine ten thousand yeah. miles. I don't think, Clint. Yeah. And I grew up in New York City. You know what I mean? And they wave different out there. But, <laughs> yeah. If you're driving and getting waved at, it's you know they have an audible with that too. Yeah, it could be a you know who knows what, but yeah, I mean as far as waving at other drivers, it's just I feel like I feel obligated in the truck. Yeah, you know, especially if it's another JFW truck. You know, and it's just funny, you know, and it's not just our company, but it bothers me when it's another JFW truck if you're driving and you wave and that driver's just, you know. Right. You yeah, know, just stern-faced. Yeah. Maybe he's not in the mood. Right. You know, or she. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, you know, we just talked about the Nebraska thing. I, You know, it makes me <clears> feel bad when I miss the wave, but I love going there and waving. It's mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing. It's right. a rural thing. It's the Join small... Yeah, joining in the small community, and that's what we're talking about is, you know, we have 100 trucks, but we're still a small community, and we're still a brotherhood of all drivers. Wave to your driver. Wave wave to your buddy. Wave to, you know, whatever. You nailed it, Jim. It is a community. Right. It's your brothers, you know. Yeah, or uh, sisters. I mean, we got to add that. Yeah. Yeah. Say howdy. When other companies see that, they're going to be like, why don't those guys all wave to each other? They're so friendly. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, because we love just the. Yeah, because it you you know I, I've met a few Nebraska farmers and they're not that friendly, friendly right? They're right. kind of grouchy sometimes, but they still wave. Yeah, you know they huh. they're they're still waving. It's yeah. funny when uh, I took Bella horseback riding. And I have a eight year old daughter now, and uh, the guy he he has these howdy corners, so it's like a hair hairpin turn, but. Anytime you get to a howdy corner, you have to say howdy to everybody <laughs> and tip your hat. It, it was kind of corny, but it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> we're all engaged. Howdy. Yep. <laughs> howdy. Howdy. I like it. So yeah. did you get a picture with a hat, Jim? I mean, I had a ball cap on. Oh, probably, I got you. Probably all Crip right. or I'm, something like I'm that. I'm kind of picturing the cowboy hat on you. I'm, I'm, no. I, I, I'm struggling with a visual. I have one cowboy hat. It's made out of straw. I got it in Mexico, and it's like completely smashed from partying. (laughs) (laughs) I went to throw it out the other day, and my wife's like, you better not throw that out. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That reminds me of a hat Jose had on one day, and it was all smashed. It was made out of straw. And I said, nice hat, bud. And he said, yeah, my wife wants me to throw it out. (laughs) But I won't. I wear it. Too much sentimental value. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he got the story is is he got into a fight wearing that hat, and I think he might have lost, and the hat oh. got smashed. But it's like his favorite hat. Oh, yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That it. Uh, Sam 
my 17 year old he just uh had homecoming and the big thing now i mean it's not if you're dating someone you know the whole big scene is to the the proposal to invite you to homecoming right they make a big deal out of the proposal or the next big thing is you just go in a big group so like a group of guys mm. can go or a group of girls can go and they actually took like 20 people and it was 10 guys and 10 girls they're all just friends, right? None of them are dating each other, but they're just a, a group. Most of them are all jocks and stuff like that. And he's actually went two weeks in a row to two different homecomings, right? He went to the one at his school and then went to a, a friend's school. But the first week he went, I'm like, D- you know, do you need like a jacket or a tie? Or He's like, oh, no, Dad, I'm cowboy pimping. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's, he took He actually wears my cowboy hat that I got married in 28 <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, oh, my God, that actually fits you. and looks pretty good. And then he just puts on his boots and jeans, and he's got a black shirt. He's actually got a 5'11 shirt. It's not a JFW shirt, uh-huh. but a 5'11 shirt. And that's how he went to homecoming. And I'm like, is anybody else wearing a hat? Week one, no one wore a hat. Week two, seven more dudes showed up with hats on. <laughs> and seven dudes were cowboy pimping week two. So. Cowboy pimping. <laughs> you know, Jim, when, when, you were, or when you were telling about the guy got beat up, and his hat smashed. Mm-hmm. He did not do the farmer wave. They <laughs> exactly it. Exactly they tracked it. him so, down, right? That's hilarious. Right. Yeah. Uh, BD, where's the uh, clean out area for the blue salt yard at yard twenty three? Yeah, great question, Jam. I'm glad you wrote that on there and asked. It is, it is all over. Well, that's the, that, problem. that's the problem. <laughs> yes, we have little Smurf piles of salt in like a dozen different locations in that yard. Number one location would be where we dump. That would be ideal if we can pull that off. But generally, when we're dumping in there... You got to get out of the way. Yeah, you got to get out of the way. Now, the good news is because the rail yard to yard 23 is relatively close, we usually only have two or three trucks on it, maybe four tops. Otherwise, there's too many trucks hauling it, right? Because they'd get stacked up. So, again, my first point is clean out in the bin. You know, maybe you can scoot to a side, clean out, or just clean out at the end of the bin. So Pat can just push the little little pile in or Kendrick or whatnot. Next one is if you, as you come out of the bin and you're driving west on the little asphalt road we put in, you'll see where we have a set of scales that we've taken out of the ground and are stacked on top of each other on your right or on the north side between you and the creek. And there's a little concrete pad there. So if, if you want to clean out not in the bin, please pull off of that road and you can back into the little concrete pad. It even has a little concrete berm on it or whatnot. And you can just sweep out right there. Two or three trucks can back in there next to each other, pop the gate and you can clean out right there on the concrete pad. But let's try and, and unify and get this down to one location so we don't have salt all over the yard. It just, it's not a good look, you know? And I know at this point we didn't have that before. So we've, we've cleaned off that little concrete pad. Or just be sure to put it in the bin. You, I'm pretty sure Pat would let you take five or ten minutes, scoot to one side of the bin or the other, and uh, I'm sure you can just clean out right there. Otherwise, move down to that concrete pad. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to throw this in there too, you guys. Um, we do it a lot at uh, C dot locations when you you only have one truck dumping at a time. Um, sometimes in the winter when you have more material frozen in the nose it's common courtesy just to pull away off to the side clean out you know push it all to the back of the trailer 
and then when you have room, when somebody's dumped and moved back back into the pile right. and dump it right out there in front Absolutely. of the pile. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Run, ba- run back there with the trailer in the air, gloves on, and give it a quick brush, and <coughs> exactly. you're good to go. Sweep yep. it off. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need to put up a sign, Dave, you know, some cones and I, stuff and, and put that in there. On the and, concrete pad that I'm right, talking about? Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so it's easy for everybody to find it. Yeah. I, I was sitting here and I was like, oh, am I going to play devil's advocate? Because I, you know, I drove in the yard with you and like you said, the little blue piles and you're kind of like, what the F? You know, why, why are <laughs> there piles all over the place? You know, it looks so terrible. But then on the other hand, we cleaned out. right. We didn't. We didn't right? haul the salt to a in a sand <laughs> load. True. We yeah. didn't haul it in a rock load. That's we didn't good. put it in you know an asphalt yeah. load. We didn't do anything else. We cleaned out. Yeah. They did their job. The trucks, you know, trailers clean. You're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness for that. We're doing that. Let's just take it another step and put it where it belongs, so we can clean it up, right? Yep. But you know, we we drove through that gate five thousand times. We only hit it once. So Jeez. let's. But there's a way to be better. You think the guys are. Doing that on purpose so we can spread it out and the snow will melt when it falls. <laughs> right? No. I'm sure we'll see where the s- snow's melted, though. Right? Dave? Yeah. It won't. It won't stick in that spot. So, yeah. Well, if you haven't, if you haven't been a yard twenty three in a while, you should go over there because it's badass. It's just, changing on a daily basis, oh, isn't man. it, Jim? Yeah. yeah looks, I mean, from the, I was probably the last time I was there was probably I don't know three Saturdays ago, four Saturdays ago. and Yeah, probably when we brought dirt in that one Saturday, yeah, right, Jim? Yeah, yeah. back to back. We did yeah. two weekends. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's the last time. And just the amount of more dirt that's been brought in and leveled off and right. compacted. And then the telephone pole area is all cleaned up. And yeah, it's looking good. And yeah. shout out to everybody who's been over there working on that. Yeah, they're, ass. they're killing it. I yep. was just going to say that too, Jim. When you, glad you mentioned the shout out. We can give a shout out to uh, Joe and... Um, uh, Frank Greaves. Oh yeah, you know we contacted them. There's there's another brotherhood. There's another community. They had a job where they have some dirt, and you know it's a little closer for them to haul our spot. And they're they're hauling over, and we're getting the dirt, you know, for free. Their drivers are going doing a good job. They're, you know, you can call them family friends or business friends, but there's another relationship you yeah, build on. So acquaintances we've had for thirty years, right? Right. So wait, wave to those guys. You know things like that. We have. Yeah. Have another company that um, was a part of CEI or was doing some of it that. It is Dave? CEI has a couple independent trucks that are. I don't even know where that dirt's coming from. Yeah, and it, I, I guess just a shout out to those guys helping us out. It, it, it's a community, you yeah. know, Super Dave, just like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. So, so cool, yeah. Clint. How long have you been part of this community? Oh my gosh! You know, I started at Cisco back in 1980, 1982. It was yeah. Okay. And I started out as a driver over there. Oh, wow. And from that driver, I think I drove for seven of my 14-year career there at Cisco. And from there, I moved into safety and dispatch. And then I was able to be a frontline manager. Um, and so it's, it was, that's where I started. And then from there, I went to another food service company. And that led me all the way down the road through Thermal King and where I ended up right now. And I've been with utility for about a little over 21 years. Wow. wow yeah that's very awesome. cool yeah that's congratulations awesome. yeah thank yeah. you man i'm glad you and dave are on the same side of the table because he just celebrated his 30th last week with jfw wow. yeah so cool congratulations to yeah. you yeah and I, thanks and you as well i have to throw this out to you guys and we were me and clint were just kind of talking before this and 
Clint is 61 years old, you guys. Wow. So you you, you look good, buddy. Yeah. You know I know I told you that, but Thank you. you know, you're we a good-looking fella. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I share my wife's makeup. <laughs> what, what is your actual secret? Do you, do you exercise a lot? Do you eat I well? do, actually. I, uh, I try to make a point to get uh, an hour of something every day. Nice. It doesn't happen every day, but that's my goal. So at least four days a week, I'm riding my bicycle after work. Um, and then my wife, she uh, she really <laughs> makes sure that we eat as healthy as we can. Oh, that's awesome. We go to the occasional McDonald's and we have an occasional pizza, but mm-hmm. 80% of the time, if I stay 80-20, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If you, you. Yeah. Yeah. if you do more good than bad, then more good than yeah. bad will happen yeah. to you. I right. go with that 80-20 so. rule on just about everything. I like that. How long have you known Jim and Dave for? Well, you know, it's interesting. My at, my dad and mom knew their parents wow. back in the day. My dad was, uh, he worked for uh, Mobile Premix as a manager there. And, of course, that led him to know. Yeah. Mobile, mobile Premix. There's a name you just Yeah, not many about. people remember the camel. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep. So he was he was there for years, a new, new, new year father. And then they happened to live near we lived up north. So I've kind of known the family most of my life. Wow. And then when I started at uh, a utility is when I, I got to know these guys. and It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You learn a lot when you come over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Some, some things you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just going to say that, Jim. Good and bad. You know, speaking of learning things, a funny story. Um, when I bring a quote over to Dave, you know, you, you got a price of something, then you have value, right? Dave skips over the value and goes right to the price. <laughs> and he flips. I'll have this beautifully laid out five-page quote with beautiful notes and highlights for him. And I watch him, and he skips three pages, four pages, and he looks at the bottom. And I watch for his eyebrows, and when they raise, I turn around and leave. That's funny. If it makes you feel any better, Clint, our CPA is here every month. I was just going to say that. And I do the same thing, right to the bottom page. Page five. That's where the facts are, my friend. Yeah, our CPA and and myself, Clint, we we, uh, staple four or five pages to the top of it, so he has to go through it to get to the last page. I don't even know what are on those pages. Well, that's funny because I have a plan for next time. I'm going to put some sort of cartoon <laughs> on page five. There will not be a price. Oh, funny. That's great. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's funny you talk about value and price, right? But <clears throat> so I used to run a, a pawn shop and people would come in and be like, this is worth X amount of dollars. I'm like, no, it's worth what people will pay for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean? People aren't going to pay what you want for it. That's not what it's worth. Right. I could show you... Ten people that say it's worth this this much because here's what they've paid for those items. Right. You know? right. So, yeah. well, it goes back to value with that driver that delivers to my mom. That's value when that driver treats her like that, and respects the property as he's backing up there and the communication and the eye contact. Sure, that's, sure. That's value. It is. We'll yeah. pay for that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of funny because that's in our creed. Is it? Yep. We joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Yep. Honest it's value. Working. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so Clint, you uh, you like to take care of yourself. You mentioned you're a hunter. What else are you into, and how often are you hunting this year? Well, you know it's going to be bird hunting. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You know we we um, go out to the bluffs out in Byers, 
hmm. and we'll take customers, which oh. you guys are all invited, but we'll go out there and shoot some birds and you know, it's like a guided deal and you, it's very fun. They clean the birds. That's the great thing. They right. have oh, this right. nice package of meat and you can go home. And, oh, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. What time do we need to be there? <laughs> <laughs> well, seven o'clock. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, we do that. I of course I've done the elk hunting and all that stuff before, uh, and it's it's mostly limited now to bird hunting. Gotcha. Yeah. What else are you into? Well, you know, pleasing what? my wife, nah. <laughs> making sure I do everything that's on my honey list, my to do list. But no, I. Uh, you, my mom has that forty four acres, and we we do a lot out there. It's it's we go out there every day my brothers i've got three brothers and one of us are out there every day doing something out there on that four acres you get outside and it's it it it's a stress reliever so we sure. like to go out there and do stuff nice awesome great you got the tractors out there you get to tinker with the tractors we've got some antique tractors and we got an old farm truck that we like to mess with and pull the kids around on the on a wagon on the tractor oh, it sounds like a good time like for sure simple awesome yeah. So um, you're at Utility Trailer Interstate. You're also into real estate, and you're an auctioneer. Yes. Is there anything else on your resume we're missing here? No, there's there's nothing else besides okay. that. That's enough, right? Yeah, that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you been in the trailer business? The trailer business um, started with utility, mm -hmm. and that's been a little over 21 years. Okay. And how I got there was interesting. Uh, when I was at Cisco, in being part of the management team, we got to spec the trailers and our salesman was from utility and his name was Vern Terry. Mm. And he was one of the old dogs, been around for a long time, sharp guy. He, uh, he asked me to come over and work for utility several times while I was at Cisco and I never did. One thing led to another and I got uh, an opportunity over at Thermo King. So I sold the reefer units mm -hmm. and still Vern wanted me to come over and, uh, Finally, I, I explored it, and I was lucky enough to know Vern, and, and he thought enough of me to try to help recruit me over there. He figured I would be a good fit, and I was lucky, and that's where I'm at, and I've stayed there. It's been great. Nice. Yeah, that's how I got there. Well, we've dealt with enough salesmen, Clint. There's sometimes you make your own luck, and I think you make <laughs> a lot of your luck. Well, So you do you. a great job. Thank you very much. And with being over at Thermo King and all that, do you, do, does he know Rick? Do you know Rick Bowen? Oh yeah, I know okay. Rick Bowen well. I deal with him now. Um, we'll share information. We talk a lot. And I very respect, a lot of respect for Rick. He's great at what he does. Yeah. And detailed upon details upon detail. <laughs> right. He would be one of those that would look at my value, Dave. He would yes. just go to the front. <laughs> Rick knows what's in those specs and how it can help oh, his company. Funny. You know Rick's price is not in the packet when he gives it to me. He gives us the packet, and as you said, Rick is into details. Yeah. I learned the quote from Rick, the yes. devil's in the details. Yes. Right? And he is so true, right? That guy has educated us so much on our trucks, and we're very blessed and thankful for his knowledge. Yes. And what's great is he's got continued effort yeah. in his knowledge. Yeah. It's not just, oh, that's what this is. And that's it. Yep. You know, he's always on the forefront of technology and innovation and what's available and what he what's great about Rick and yourself as well. The the technology that's available and how it's I mean, it's just evolving so fast because it's technology. Right. And and I guess it's more computer based now or 
or the innovation is computer-based. I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining mm-hmm. what I'm thinking well. You know, 30 years ago, it was mechanical, right. right? You had to engineer something or a design change, and now a guy can create it just because yeah. the computer's there, you know? And Rick Rick is so cool with the innovation or what he knows. You know, like our trucks, as far as from a safety standpoint, Rick is the one who told us, hey, when you put the trucks in reverse, do you want the radio to go off? Well, heck, yeah, we do. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, my Gemini's second question is, can you make the windows roll down as well? Right. Because for us, we need, as we're backing up to be safe, we need right. to have visual and audio. Yeah. Right. We need to hear that backup alar- alarm is on. And it would be nice to hear, you know, who knows if someone was back there and yelled or uh, even if we ran over something to stop or whatever the case may be, right. you know. And so Rick's working on that for us. I, yeah. I don't know if our guys will like that or, you know, our gals. Right. But anyway, that to us, that's a safety thing, right? right. So yeah. those are some of the innovations and in technology that he's brought to the forefront for us. We're just very thankful for it. Right. Yeah. He is very, very detailed. Yeah. And he, I missed the phone call from him the day that he said when you go over to dave don't put the price on the back <laughs> he knew it before i did he, he's been on the podcast too so has he uh-huh. yeah, well yeah. you know if you talk about rolling down the windows i have always rolled down the windows in the truck and uh-huh. i have a camper and anytime i get into a situation like a parking lot or i'm backing in i roll down both of the windows in my pickup and my wife well i'm freezing why are you doing that uh-huh. i can listen and, yes. and, and hear a lot of things going on with those two windows down. And I've carried that from my driving career all the way to my camper and my pickup. Right. Now, my wife is trained. Uh-huh. She rolls down those or hits the button. We don't roll windows anymore. Right. But right. She puts that window down, and, and now she is trained to do that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah is and great. even if you're having an, an accident, like you're saying with that hearing that you know, you hear that crunch or you hear that scraper, you hear that weird sound, you just stop. Yes. And it could save so much. Right. Yes. You know, it could be just a stupid tree yeah. branch that really didn't do anything, but you're like, oh, if I move over, I don't have to drag that down the trailer, let's right. say. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you don't back up to re-listen to it and see what happened. Right? <laughs> right. What was that? Oh, let's yeah. back up some more. Isn't that the truth? You know the joke. It's just a little scratch yeah. until you backed up. <laughs> uh, you know the joke people always like, well, why when people get lost or they're looking for something, they, they turn their radio down? It's like, <laughs> you can't see the place. You, you're not going to hear it, right? <laughs> but it's it's exactly for that. It's to increase your senses so you right. can hear it, so you are paying more yeah. attention, stuff like that. That's so. I hadn't heard that, Jim, and you were so spot on, yeah, right? Like, I mean, that's the first thing you do. Yeah. Where am turn I going? Turn the radio. Yeah. Well, you, look, it's not gonna help it helps you, you concentrate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You know. My stepson, when he first started driving the car, I mean, I would sit in that car in the passenger side, and the radio's up all the way. We're backing out of the driveway, and it's loud. And I turn that radio off. Right. He couldn't understand that. Right. Right. Why do I need to turn the radio off? I'm backing up. You'll learn. I want to hear that mother or <laughs> yeah. somebody scream, stop. <laughs> yes, right? yep. exactly. Oh, absolutely. There's a good yep. point, yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. A person, something like that. Yeah. yeah. When you buy your own car, you could listen to the radio while you're backing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so doing a little research, I saw there's utility trailer interstate and then utility trailer manufacturing. Right. I'm assuming that the interstates are just... The well, si- how does that work? What's so the relationship? Our company is UTI, which is utility trailer interstate, which is... We are a dealership. Right. We have two dealerships. And throughout the United States, there's, there's a lot of family-owned dealerships that might own one to and sometimes more than five dealers th- for each state. 
you know, Texas has more than one. These large states have two or three or four gotcha. dealerships. Got it. Utility manufacturing has plants that produce the trailers, mm-hmm. you know, flatbeds, step decks, reefers, dry vans. And then, so they, they limit themselves, the factory, to, to their brand or their style of trailers. Mm-hmm. The dealerships can carry what utility offers. We have a, a right to, to carry their products. But each dealership can expand and, and, and sell what they want. They can sell Got tractors. It. They can sell trucks. They can sell oh, anything. So okay. Not just trailers. Just Yeah, they can, they can continue to, to build upon that as long as you know, they're an active utility family. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know same logo though same right. logo yeah. they have the utility logo yep. and they mm-hmm. you know they're called utility but because they're a dealership you know and it probably started out they diversified you know they sold reefers for you know when the reefer market might have slowed down uh, somebody might say hey let's let's get into these end dumps or let's get into the low boys or whatever mm-hmm. or yard hustlers the yard dogs the spotter trucks right right almost all the dealerships uh, in that utility family carry those because oh wow that's that a way to sense. move their trailer to the dock door. Right. Sure. And so Ottawa Calmar is, a, is another one that we carry. Um, that's that spotter truck. So you can see that everything relates. And so we just add these full lines. Clint, you mentioned I, I'd never heard the term spotter truck. I totally understand it. I've always just called them a yard hostler, right? Is Ottawa producing any electric yard yeah. hustlers? Yeah. Or, so or spotter trucks? Before COVID, they were hot and heavy in the electric, as with a lot of people were experimenting with that. And then we, they shut it off because you couldn't get the components. Where would you get uh, the components? So um, they shut it off, and now they're opening that, that lane up now to uh, to start the electric trucks again. And, you know, you, your, your McDonald's, they try to get their dis- – distribution people to have the electric trucks and do everything they can ta- can do for the environment so there's a big push for electric now right yeah clint have you heard of uh outrider i have not heard about no. Outrider. they're they're i think they're in golden but they manufacture robotic yard hustlers hmm. yeah so it's it's a completely, robotic yard yeah hustlers. so it's a it's a hustler with no driver oh it doesn't even have a cab does it does it look like a I think there is a cab you can get in there okay. uh, in case it breaks down or somebody yeah. actually needs to operate it. But, yeah, there's no there's no operator. It looks like they may be, be able to even be operated outside of it, like in the building. Oh, wow, like remote. Yeah, but they're, they're, they target, you know, Amazon Prime, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming there's got to be lasers and things and, yeah, you know, right. all this stuff to guide it. But, yeah, they've just eliminated the, the man or woman wow. from operating it. You know, out yeah. at Vestas, speaking of uh, electric technology, the, in the pavement, in, inset into the pavement, they can roll a, a trailer to a location. And if they follow the certain track, there's a sensor in the pavement that maybe lifts the trailer up a little bit or tilts the, the deck a little bit or turns the tires, and the driver doesn't have to do anything. Oh, wow. wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Huh. See what great technology. Yeah. You know, as far as the electric truck thing goes, I mean, we've we've investigated into it and it it's still not feasible for our industry, Clint, but I know for the yard hostlers or the spotter trucks, to me it seems like a win-win because you have that electricity always available to you. That's you know, hard. and I, I I don't think it my assumption because I don't know and you I'm sure you probably do uh 
that it could work all day. Like it could make a 10 hour shift or an eight hour shift or whatnot is my assumption where here in what we do, it can't, it's not capable of that yet. No, as long as you're at the yard where you can, you know, the infrastructure to handle that electric truck is, is another huge expense. You know, you're, you're looking at a, you're not just going to plug it in like your wife plugs in your vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Right. So that goes with it. Right. Wonder if it has the same to do with electric cars. I think we need some good infrastructure for that. Did you hear where electric cars in California, um, people are buying um, generators? Generators to haul in their, I guess, would be their trunk, right? With gasoline in the generator, and when they can't make it to a charging station, they can fire up their gas engine and charge their. Makes no sense. Yeah. See, that's where, that's, where, that's where so much of this doesn't make sense. I mean, like, like you said with McDonald's, who doesn't want a better environment, right? A right. better world. Who doesn't want that? But the electric hostler, it makes sense. There's a place to plug it in. Yeah, we're all for you, it. You know, yeah. that's, that's the sensible right. place. There's not yet that spot for us in, in a big truck to travel the miles, okay? Right. So let's not force it when it just doesn't work. You, you know, possibly, again, we've forced enough electric cars that, oh, I, government wants me to go out and buy an electric car. I, I went and bought an electric car, but I can't make it to work. So now I went and bought a generator with gasoline, which all of those problems that creates right in your trunk. But that's what that's where we've let everybody down. We've created that and we don't have a good infrastructure. We don't have a good plan in place. We're just like, oh, let's go electric like it can be done overnight. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the. That's the disappointing part of where we're at to me is the the letdown of let's do it right now, but there's just not a plan. I don't think our current administration has sat down and done the math of to flip that switch to electric vehicles. Have they even looked at how many gas pumps there are in the United States? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what does it take to gas a car or a pickup or, you know, fill it full of fuel, whatever the case may be, but your your refueling location I mean, every location has minimum six nozzles. Right. I mean, if you have the infrastructure to build a gas station, right. you're not going to waste and any more space and not put in minimum six nozzles, yeah. right? I mean, look at a Maverick. Yeah. I mean, how many, like a new, big, yeah. like super Maverick. It's, yeah, like, I mean, they're building they that. like 20. Yeah, they're the building new, that Bucky's up north, and I, I think it's going to have, what, 50? Yeah. Something right? like that, Dave, yeah. Well, I guarantee you there will be a few electric charging stations up there, but my so, point is you can't just flip a switch and make all of those electric charging stations, right? right? And you can't charge your car in the same amount of time as you yes. can put that's 12 gallons or 20 gallons of gas or fuel in right, right? Yeah. you know i mean so there's there's a lot to be said and i know they are making strides as far as like now if you build a house or an outbuilding anywhere you have to have you at least have to have the wiring mm-hmm. into your facility right meaning your garage so you will be able to plug in and charge but you know right now that just goes hand in hand we've the the debate has been sparked about the uh new electric meters you know i live in westminster and you know jam you already have the new electric meter and it's i mean it's kind of scary xl is preparing their infrastructure to do rolling blackouts right well that's I mean, the Clint, smart you're, thing you're a native yeah is this the same colorado we grew up in no, they've and, changed it on us <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to knock it or get into that debate but it's it doesn't feel as friendly right. you know or or I don't know. It's tough, you know, and we sit here and we, 
I wind up rolling into this all the time. It seems like every week, but you know, Denver, the city of Denver eliminated natural gas. You cannot have natural gas on any new build, whether it's a new home or a new business in city of Denver, right? They started that January 1st and you're like, why, why isn't that more efficient than electricity? Hasn't it always been, but they're saying it's too dirty. Yeah. So I'll have to go out and get a gas generator. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah, yeah. i was going to yeah. mention pretty smart for those people in california to have a generator in their trunk because when they do have a rolling blackout they got that covered too yeah right. it's like multi-purpose right yeah but you're still using gas and you know what to build those battery cases aren't they not plastic <clears throat> oh right. yeah uh, okay oh, so oh, what yeah. is the plastic made from a little bit Fuel. of oil right yeah yeah Absolutely. all the petroleum that goes in all that stuff yeah. Yeah. clint yeah yeah we were just talking about the the leach fields for lithium, they're so hazardous, the United States doesn't have one. So Not even allowed. Yeah. So those leach fields for, and there must be 40 different steps when you look at those leach fields for the lithium, there's about 40 different colors. It's a liquid process, right? Like, oh. they, like they leach gold or whatnot or silver or precious metals. And uh, yeah, it's so hazardous, we don't have one here in the United States. But we're allowing the world elsewhere to be destroyed so just the u.s is a cleaner environment it it's tough yes. well and i've read articles about us trying to develop mines to mine lithium right so we mine the metal because it is lithium is a metal then we have to ship it to china yes to be refined and then ship it back here right to put into right. cars yeah. it's called letting other people do our dirty work for us yeah it it, no. it truly is jim yeah, we just I think we're going to talk about it, but that we're we're we've connected and and doing some work with CMEX, the the cement manufacturer up in Lyons, where Brandon gets a lot of their cement from for several of their plants. So we're able to connect and, and do some hauling for them, some shale. And uh, just in conversation with them, they actually went to the city of Boulder because they're in Boulder County or, or they went to Boulder County, I guess I should say, and said, hey. We're so excited. We have found a way to become 100% uh, green and not use any electricity. We can be electric-free from Boulder County. We will use zero electricity. We've done the study. We've done the survey. We have enough land. We'll put in all our own solar panels. Here's what it will look like. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what we want Boulder County to look like. That looks terrible. Even though it's green. It's efficient. They're going to use zero electricity. And because it looks bad, Mm -hmm. they don't want it. But guess what? You know Boulder County, and I don't know the statistics. I should probably look this up since I'm talking about it. But they want to be green, right? They want wind and solar and everything that's not a fossil fuel, right? Right. So they're using X amount, and this is the number I don't know, X amount of solar energy, but they don't want it in their county. So do you know where they put up their solar fields? Where? Greeley, Colorado. Wow. So all of their solar energy for Boulder County comes from Greeley in Weld County. <laughs> I hope. do it over there, but yet I right. feel good over here. Right. That's right. exactly to Jam's yeah. point, right? Do our dirty work somewhere else. I hope Greeley's charging their asses. <laughs> <laughs> well, they literally are. No yeah. pun intended. They're charging. <laughs> <laughs> they're, char- they're charging something. The dad dad joke. Sure. <laughs> uh, there's a dad joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's funny. 
Uh, Clint, what kind of uh, improvements in technology are you seeing in the end dump industry in those trailers? It's funny because you think about trailers, like what kind of technology can there be? There's tires, there's brakes, there's axles, and then there's a trailer. Right. I'm sure you know a lot more details about. Yeah, you know, one of the big things that needs to happen, and they're starting to talk about this now, this is going to take years, but the connectivity from the tractor to the trailer yeah we're connected but we don't communicate so we want to communicate to the driver through our trailer not just the air pressure you know the tire inflation system is a big deal but Mm -hmm. do we know the temperature of that uh, wheel end going down Mm -hmm. the road no we do not and once that set of wheels comes off that's a, a you know a flying cannonball mm-hmm. on steroids. Mm-hmm. So we want to uh, in the industry the communication between the trailer and the tractor is going to be important someday. But right now, immediately closer to what we're doing now is bushings. Uh, bushings wear out, and brass bushings seems to be a longevity bushing. Mm. And so they're they're starting to really think about installing brass bushings into the trailers where there's these pivot points oh interesting could be at the bottom of the cylinder could, wherever there's a pivot point uh-huh. brass is going to outlast that composite bushing or a, a metal bushing and huh. partly driving that is we don't get we a lot of these pivot points the the grease does not reach that point mm. if we grease them at all Right, you guys do an outstanding job of greasing these trailers because it's so routine, and you 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 put it into your weave of your company. But that's not the case in general. Greasing a trailer is the last thing that's thought about because Joe has the trailer today, and Bob's going to have the trailer tomorrow, and right. you don't have that one driver saying, "Hey, it's time to grease my trailer." It's got to be a right. maintenance program, and you got to be committed to it. So the other thing on top of the brass bushings is going to be the grease stations where you got one location to shoot the grease and it'll hit all the areas that need to be greased. So immediately it doesn't sound that exciting, but brass bushings, maybe the grease station, um, downtime is the big deal. So we mm-hmm. want to keep the trailer out of the shop on the road. Yeah, we run into that a little bit with our uh, Volker division, the pneumatic tankers, and those guys do a great job, but they're constantly pulling different trailers, you know, so... Yeah. Who's catching the low PSI? You know, who's catching, you know. Who's cleaning the lids, Jim? Who's cleaning the lids? Right. Like yeah. the whole who's doing yard. the light check? Who's yeah. doing all of that? Yeah, you know. so it takes, you know, it's easy to post-trip one truck a day, but what if you grab three different trailers? You right. Know, not, not trailers are the it. last thing thought about. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things is the disc brakes, as, as you know, is, is really coming on hot and strong now, which is great, and the price is starting to come down a little bit. Um People in our cities are realizing the stopping power of those disc brakes. So that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. However, if you hear the industry or the drivers, it's great for DOT because they don't know how to inspect my brakes, right? Right. So (laughs) that alone makes that disc brake, the maintenance is a forgotten item on those. So Mm -hmm. disc brakes are fantastic. But if you don't have a maintenance program, you just cost yourself a lot of money when that rotor needs Uh replaced and all the components down there. And you know we're trying to push uptime but if you don't have the maintenance program to go with it you have big time downtime mm-hmm. and especially now when you say you said what uh but the parts will come in in three months right well, yeah so maintenance now looking at these this trailers has to be more important than ever huh. used to be we could get tires and brakes and components tomorrow mm-hmm. we'll ship it to you tomorrow 
Not now. No. That term you hear now, Clint, I've never really heard it up until recently, national back order. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when, when did we ever say that in the past? And how much of is it is it real now, or is it just a, habit, a new habit? Yeah. It's the easy button. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, we lost an wheel end on one of the end dumps and had to have actually a, a new end welded on it on the axle, Clint. But it, it did something to what to the rotor, Dave, or was it to the We we damaged the rotor in the process. I forget what exactly yeah. it was and yeah. yeah, it was we were thirty days out to right. get a rotor and luckily Colorado Brake was able to turn it. Uh, get you on the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but otherwise it, it the trailer was sitting there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so true. When you talk about the trailer communicating to the to the tractor, so do you need a get together with the manufacturers of the tractors or just your senses will be read through the pigtails or how does how's that going to work you know it'll be through the pigtail yeah right but you have one tractor that's hooked to one trailer we can do that but if you have 20 different potential tractors look at an amazon trailer right how many drivers do they go through in a week right well uh, and how many owner operators switch trailers with a company trailer sure until the tractors have the same componentry in them you're not going to be able to it seems like a monumental task clint because you're not only trying to you're trying to ask a trailer to communicate to a tractor and what that involves is that trailer needs to communicate with a peterbilt a kenworth a freightliner a volvo international language right right and the thing is the hard part about that is you need to get all those manufacturers on board yeah that's that's virtually impossible. I, I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible, but the undertaking, everyone has to have the same goal in that process. Right. But so. how much universal things do we see on the tractors? You know, if you get into Kenworth and you get into Peterbilt, I mean, a lot of those components, they look exactly the same. Sure. I mean, I mean it's all owned by Packard. Yeah, that, those two but. happen to be interesting because same right. manufacturer, same ownership, right? I mean, right. we can open up the inside of a cab on a Peterbilt and they're, we could have Kenworth wiring in it, you know. Right. And we we always joke amongst ourselves. <laughs> but right, what about, about like that. a what about like a wheel sensor, Dave? Like a low pressure indicator, you know? They're all the same, right? Absolutely, exactly. So can't yeah. we have those? And I mean, I know we got the the auto inflation system, right? But what if we had those wheel sensors, you know? And right, you know, Freightliner Kenworth. I mean, they could read that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it would for Jim and I. It's a dream. You know what I mean? Right. Where I envision sitting down in a truck, you turn the key on, and it shows the wheel end of every tire on that vehicle, right? right? I mean, it shows your two steer tires, your eight drive tires, and then for us, the majority of our trailers only have four trailer tires, and it shows the pounds and the temperature right there. It's just displayed instantly right on your dash, and you're like, let's rock. You know, I mean, you just eliminated 50% of your pre-trip. Right. Bumping your tires other than looking at tire depth or any deviations in, in you know, your tire tread or sidewalls or damage or whatnot. But mm. I mean that the the I mean we've talked about it so many times. The bulk of a blowout is lack of air pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean ninety five percent of blowouts are caused by low air pressure, got too hot, came apart, right? I mean that's just the the crux of it. So yeah, kinda interesting. I mean that would just be so cool. You've just touched on so many things already, Clint. The maintenance 
it's funny because our shop, when Mike came aboard a, a decade plus ago, you know, he's like, what's your maintenance program? What does it look like? And Jim and I were like, uh, well, you know, when the tires flat, six. fix it. Yeah. He's about five foot six. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so anyway, I mean, he's like, well, what are you doing your greasing intervals at? And we're like, uh, you know, didn't have the answers. And he's like, well, you, you don't have a schedule on that? And, you know, I mean, we were losing U-joints going down the highway and... I mean, just all these things, and grease is number one. Yes, we'll have we'll have a mechanic and we'll do a review that's been here a year or two years, and he's like, I, you know, I'm getting tired of doing these these inspections. I want to do some mechanic work, and it's like, do you know the most important job here? Greasing. Yeah, the most important job in our shop is greasing. Yeah, right. If you don't grease a U joint, if you don't check whether it's loose, if you don't grease a, you know, we have very few S cams left. You know, I mean, get familiar with greasing the S cam and the slack adjuster and whatnot on the brake system, which with the discs, those days are gone. Right. But I mean, still, that's the most important job there is. Yeah, it is. You know, so. when we farmed a combine, we, we'd have our combines and you would grease that combine every single day. And I can't tell you how many grease irks there are in a combine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how many there are. Sure. And when one doesn't take grease, it, you do not ignore it because right. you will be fixing that thing in that, the field. Huh. Absolutely. And you replace that zerk right now. Yes. And the places that you crawl through in a combine, only a 12-year-old kid can fit. <laughs> and that's why my dad sent me to those locations. <laughs> you can't fit in some of those places. Right, so the yeah. grease station would answer to that. But nonetheless, the grease is that. My dad always used to say, grease is cheap. Oh, grease is grease, cheap. Grease the yeah. tractor. So I think I was a grease monkey and a fueler for forever, it yeah. seemed like, before I could operate, be an operator. Sure. That, that was how we grew up. Yeah. I mean, Dad dug basements every day. And I tell you what, as hard as he ran that equipment, if it got a tank of fuel, it got greased. I mean, there was just no, you'd stick the fuel nozzle in off the service truck and you just started greasing, Yeah. right? And you, he, he wanted to be sure you were done by the time the fuel was done because he, <laughs> right. needed, he needed to get back to work. Right. But no matter what, you finished greasing. Right. You crawled underneath it. You hit all the U-joints. You got all the bucket joints. You got, you know, I mean, to this day, gosh, we've had that one loader so many years. I, I visualize every freaking <laughs> joint on it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Well, you know, uh, there's no better feeling than to hear that click or that like that almost like pop a bubble yeah of the grease and see my first squirt yep. ease out of that edge yeah. like, oh, that done right it doesn't need a took doesn't need a pile of grease outside no. the joint yeah no. right. yep we were just obviously it's a podcast and i'm smiling about this clint because we just went over our loader we were having some trouble getting it greased and one of the guys was using an electric grease gun and you know you're thinking ah you know i don't have to stand there and pump or pump the other one you know the hand pump or something like that and the old the old electric grease gun is just going clunk 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 and you know the 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 gentleman was like look it's it's greasing it's greasing it's greasing and dave's like where's the grease right. where's the sound where's the where's it coming out where's the pop There's what no are you grease hearing coming out and, and well, i'm greasing and, and you know and uh, the the driver that was helping us, he took the grease gun off and squeezed the grease gun, and you know it go dunk 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 dunk, and grease would come out of the end of it. Clint, <laughs> so Dave grabbed the grease gun and held his hand over the end of the the, the fitting and pulled the trigger. Then <laughs> and no grease would come out if you put any kind of pressure on it. Right. It just clunk 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 clunk, and Dave's like, "You got to see the grease. Yeah. You got to hear it. You know." And, and as we went through it, that's a. It's just funny because that's the crackle of that grease. You know, you got it, and you yep. and you move on. Such yep. a just so small things yeah. that you learn through your 
And most people wouldn't even know. What are you talking about? Crackle of the grease, yeah, you know, so or the yeah, pop, yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah. That's what it does. Beautiful sound. It crackles. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It, it, yeah. 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 It's great stuff. Clint, is there a trailer out there that you like more than others? Whether you know, if I, if I were to say that, I would say a side dump. It's so diverse. I mean, the things that a side dump can do, uh, you're not raising that side dump up at the jobs and knocking into the uh, power lines. Mm. I can follow a side dump and I'm not going to get a, a rock. <laughs> not that you know? tailgate leak. Right? Right. right. So they can do so many huh. things. I, I, for the diversity, I like the side dump. But then equal to that is aluminum, mm. lightweight aluminum. That is the way things are moving, yeah. aluminum. Has, sorry, Clint, has, has anybody come out or tried to that you've seen with an aluminum side dump? Or is that aluminum just not? Yeah, know? so you're, on a side dump, you're going to, unless you specially design it, you're not going to be able to use aluminum. A rock will go right through that. You know, you're hauling right. giant boulders from boulders to sand to dirt to salt, right? Anything. Sure. Sure. You've got to be ready for the big bad boulder. So that's not going to happen. But what they are doing is uh, some aluminum components throughout a side dump to lighten it up. Mm-hmm. You know, a side dump's weighing 15,100 pounds, okay? Can you get a side dump down to 10,000 pounds? I don't think you'll ever see that with a quarter-inch thick tub. Right. But I think we're going to get down into the mid-14,000 as as we experiment with the maybe the bulkhead might be aluminum. Maybe you know there's certain parts that still can be aluminum. Sure. But aluminum is the way to go. Lightweight is, is the way it is. Um, cost of ownership, you know. You look at value, yeah, aluminum trailers are very expensive. But... There's a lot of value there. You're not dragging around a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of our game. 100 pounds in our industry is like big. Yeah, you save 100, 100 this week yeah. or the, this this year, and then you save 100 in two years from now, and then 205 years. I mean, Yeah, you start running the numbers. Yeah. Next you know, you're at a quarter ton yeah. and then so, a half a ton. And, yeah. And that's, that's kind of in all your trailers, like even a, a, a van trailer or a reefer, right? Clint, I mean, it doesn't. There, it's all a weight kind of deal or a cubes kind of situation, isn't it? In that yeah. stuff, cubes for a dry van. That's not so important in a refrigerated trailer, but a dry van, you're looking for cubes, and also you're looking for your lightweight. But guys, you can lighten them up too much, mm-hmm. and they're going to be in the shop. Mm-hmm. We're going to be chasing cracked welds. So, technology and uh, advancements of materials has to precede the weight and the bragging of the weight right you know when i tell you my trailer only weighs this amount you probably better be careful when when somebody says that well what's the cost of that only weighs right so (laughs) you you can't get carried away but look what an aluminum trailer used to weigh aluminum trailer was the lightest weight animal on the road let's just say it weighed ten thousand eight hundred pounds now we're wanting our aluminum trailers to live at eighty five hundred pounds Mm. And they're doing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get from 10,500 pounds to 8,500 pounds is some engineering marvel. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah you may yeah. not see the technology, but right. you, you know, you mentioned the grade of aluminum and you know, can you, <clears throat> can you go with an even thinner shell because you have a plastic liner now versus just, you know, 25 years ago, there was no plastic liner, right? right. I mean, it was, yeah. you let that material slide across that aluminum, which, 
just wore twice as fast as steel. Well, yeah, and you heard the customers. Yeah, you got a great lightweight trailer, but how thick is my floor? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I want yeah, a thick or, floor. I want yeah. that floor to last. Right. Well, yeah. No, yeah. we don't. We yeah. want the liner to make the floor last. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we talk, Clint, and I know we've had that conversation with you that we're such on the edge, but that's where we need to live of light duty or or light shoot lightweight 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 versus you know, light duty you know where we're we we've got junk <laughs> what you're right, saying right. because we made it so lightweight that it just won't handle or you have stuff that just cracks so bad and even all the trailers we've we've owned and stuff you know you go through and you'll still get a, a crack and it could be where we you made it too stiff or it's too too weak you know and our first aluminums to to lighten up they were on a steel frame well, beating on that steel framed trailer, that that aluminum was junk. You right. know, it, it wore where it, where the aluminum touched the steel, or it cracked because of where it was. You know, it bounced and moved. They were they were terrible. But you just put a weld on it and you kept going. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of lot of advancements. Awesome, Clint. Anything you want to talk about the trailer industry before we move on a little bit? You know, I think that it's shifting. One of the things that I noticed in the trailer industry, believe it or not, are the drivers. When they come into my yard to pick up a used piece of equipment, our drivers now, you better have a DOT inspection and it better well be DOT'd properly because that driver now is starting to manage uh, his driver's record. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing drivers yeah. come in, and it used to be you could send a, tra- a used trailer. You buy a used trailer; it is what it is. It's used. Take it, buy it, pay for it, and go down the road. Not anymore. If you don't have a shop like we have, that trailer, great. The, the owner will pay for it, but the driver that he sent from Kentucky or wherever he came from, you better have that trailer DOT'd. It better have gone through your shop, mm. and because it have a it has a sticker from seven months ago, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It used to be, well, do you have, has it been DOT'd recently? Well, yeah, seven months ago. Fine. Hook it up. Go down the road. Right. So something that is great is the drivers are now getting involved in that current DOT and did you do it right? So they're almost like their own business owner looking out for themselves. Right. Looking out for the safety of others. Right, yeah, and, and that's great. That's a thing, it's, it's and their, I like it. It's their job, it, right? That's what we all need. It's a community. It is, and it's really hard on us because you have more trailers that now need to get in the shop when we now have less mechanics. Right. So uptime and building these trailers for uptime is important to you, but it's also important to us. When I buy a used piece of equipment, I don't want to have to put it in the shop. I don't have time for it to go to the shop. So we want our customers to buy good solid well-known high good name products yeah so that it, when we get them and that's so important too clint when you talk about that and we we talk about that is and i love the word you know we learned it with the trucks is the second life of our, our tractors or your trailers or our trailers it's that second life to another person we all we've all we, we've bought a lot of second life stuff because that's what we could afford but we also try to take we've been talking to our drivers now about keeping the the tractors cleaning up because you're in its first life but we want to pass that to somebody so they have a great second life in that trailer too by taking care of it or that that tractor so exactly what you're saying and i don't think anybody realizes the second life of a vehicle 
Yeah, I mean, look, look at what you guys are doing to the to the trucks we're trading in, to the trucks that are going United. Yeah, the, right, right. The way you're taking care of them to make sure they're good for for the next person. Absolutely. And, right. Yeah, and we, you know, again, it sound. I mean, I guess it is bragging because it sounds like it's bragging. Jam is, you know, Dave and I have looked at a lot of used equipment. We've bought a lot of used equipment, and we're trying to clean our our trucks up so they're they don't look like the stuff we've went and looked at right and that's that's again that's part of our community but that's part of our our creed that's part of our culture that's part of jfw that even our used you know i'm going to use the word but our you shit (laughs) isn't shit right Right. you know it's our reputation out there right if right if if we know there's a red truck sitting on a lot somewhere or a trailer we don't want an independent that's going up to look at that vehicle or trailer or whatnot, go up to it and go, that's a JFW truck. I'm not going to look at it. We want them to go up to it and go, Hey, that's, that's a JFW truck. We better look at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the, no, that's we, the, we don't want to get rid of junk, right? We want to get rid of quality equipment. That's going to have a great second life. Yeah. Which, which leads to Clint's point is then it doesn't, that trailer or what, or truck doesn't end up in your shop having to be worked on, hopefully for somebody to go take it right. or sell it or buy it or, right. or however. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pretty cool. Clint, are you seeing anything with with the – I know all the the uh, reefers that you guys sell, and obviously I, I don't know why here for Colorado. I just instantly know so many companies locally that leave here and they take Coors beer out to California, right? We're, we're not a big export state, so Coors seems to be what gets us out of the state. Right. Coors or Budweiser, right? Yeah. So our – what are the next developments in emission standards on reefers? Has there been, you know, we've never heard, are they having to go electric? Is there any yeah, there, possibility of that? Or, you yes. know, I know there's several tiers in the diesel emissions of them, of course. Right. Well, the refrigeration units already have electric and have had electric for years. Uh, you look at Carrier, they have what they call a vector. And your distribution companies like Mile High Frozen Foods, uh, where those trailers can be at the dock, um, we've had electric units in those for years. Interesting. I didn't know However, that. it's a combination electric and diesel. So while it's at the yard, we plug it into 440. Okay. While it's rolling down the road, we're on diesel. Mm. And then the other uh, item would California, part of their standards is a seven year carb life okay. from the date of the engine manufacturer. So after seven years from the engine manufacturer, it's, it's no longer, um, they call it a forever unit. Uh, a forever unit does never expire, and how they're doing that is going down to a 25-horsepower engine and changing the parameters of the engine and the output. But back to the seven-year carb life, if, if they don't meet those criteria, you're not going to California with that. However, if you have that electric component on there, they see it as electric. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that gives you the ability to travel in the state under diesel power for the for the reefer unit. Right. Then when it gets to its location, if you have to wait to unload or yeah, it needs plug to it in. a trailer trailer swap, it just gets plugged in. Yeah. You look at you look at your um, um, a- a- APU units on your uh-huh. trucks. They won't allow those to uh, idle all night long or run all night long in California. They want you to be electric. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. So that yeah. they have the. Was it APU? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, APU. Yeah. Uh, they have the APU units, and well, if you can't run them, what good are they? Wow. Right? Wow. So where they want to plug in. So the reefer units do plug in. But electric's coming. All electric's coming, too. It'll just be a long time. Sure. Sure. Very cool. Uh, 
I don't have the question on here, but through IPOC, all our listeners know about IPOC, but I've had the pleasure of working with Travis Martin. His family owns utility, right? His right. his father, I don't want to say started it, but yeah. Right, I so mean, our local their, dealership, their family, yes. yeah, his dad, Jeff Martin, owns utility of Denver and utility of Albuquerque. And now Travis has taken over the business. Okay. Yeah. So they've been in the business for a long time. And it's interesting, the utility dealerships across the United States are so family-oriented. There's so many fathers who started, now the son is going into it. It's it's a family. Interesting. And you guys touched on that about your own company. Yeah. So that's the way the dealerships are. There's They've been going for a long time with family passed down. Huh. That's awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Travis seems like a great guy. I know he's been very engaged in IPOC and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It's, he does. That's good. Very good. Awesome. Clint, how long have you been in uh, real estate and how involved are you right now? So the real estate, um, how I got into it, probably in 2005, we sold our farm to a developer. Right. And I thought, well, now that we sold the farm, we won't farm no more. And I'll do farming in a different way. I want to be a real estate agent and I'll farm our farm through the real estate business. So I went to real estate school and uh, got my license and learned that uh, whatever I learned on the license is not apply in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's how I started. And uh, so I just took it from there and have been doing real estate for since 05. And now in the last two years, um, I'm scaling it back down and focusing only on the trailer sales. Gotcha. And it looked like your wife is involved in the yeah, real estate my wife, too, so you guys partner up say, on that. The boss, the wife, <laughs> you know, she runs the real estate part, and she's still active in it. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. What's going on in the market right now? I know interest rates are really high, and what's yeah. what, what are you seeing? Yeah, it's it really what's going on in the interest rate. The frenzy is over where you had 10 offers on the same house the same day. I call that the frenzy. Mm -hmm. And you see the parade of 10 cars. If your neighbor's home was for sale, you would see one car pull up after another, after another. And two days later, the sign's down and you got a new neighbor. Right. 45 days later. Sure. So the frenzy's over. Now we all t say it's a slower market, but really it's just almost, it's still a, f a fast market, but it's normalizing. It's getting back to normal. But what's driving that is the interest rates. Mm -hmm. That's slowing the buyers down. It knocks a lot of people out of the game, and they, you know, you, you'll take 50% of your people out of the game right there with the interest rates. So the interest rates are climbing, and uh, you know, it's a cycle that we're going through. Yeah, I would almost think somebody buying a home right now, they'd have to have the intention of refinancing as soon as possible, as soon as it's a good time to. You know, they can't go in it well and just be like, okay, I'm a eat to seven percent and right well the re the refinancing happened when when they were buying homes at five and six percent and they refinance clear down in some cases two and a half percent is right. what you're seeing that right. refinance mm -hmm. now it's just uh what's happening is the homeowner or the seller is offering concessions to buy down that interest rate so if it's a seven percent interest rate they'll buy that interest rate down so now the cut the the new buyer can, can can you get into it? Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. So that's how that works. That. Wait a minute. So, go into detail a little bit about that, Clint. Are you telling me that the seller is buying down the interest rate? The seller's offering concessions. So you're you're a buyer. I'm a seller. All right. You want to come to my property? You want to buy it? 
and $550,000, but the interest rate 7%. My house payment's going to be $2,800 a month. Okay, I'll come down on my price $20,000. We'll use that as a concession to buy down your interest rate from the bank. Mm. Gotcha. So now instead of it showing maybe it's 7%, you bought it down to a pick a number that you can afford, right. whatever your house right. payment, right. where right. you can take it. Yeah, so huh. you can right. buy it down. Back in the old days, back in when interest rate was 10%, do you guys remember that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I bought a condominium at 10.5%, <laughs> and I couldn't afford it, right? But because they had the creative financing, they called it a three, two, one buy down. The, the arms and all right. that yes. stuff. Yeah, exactly. For three years, you have yeah. X amount of interest. Yeah. Two years, X amount. One year, X amount. Yeah. And then boom. And they sold you- that on me. And man. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, that's creative, right? right? It's a way to make it work. So the concessions is a way to make it work. Sure. It's not the three, two, one buy down and the old names that, we're, that yeah. we know. Right. But it's a way to buy that interest yeah. rate down and get them in the house. I like it. Yeah. What? Like what is what? I'm sure every lender and every credit rating is is based on or uh, your credit or whatnot ratios. What, yeah, what is it? What is an average when a point like if if today's rate is seven percent? Do you have do you see an average that it costs to get to six percent? Yeah, right. So is that like ten thousand dollars? Yeah, is so that if, well, it really boils down to your monthly payment. So let's just say we're at five percent. And we jump, or no, let's say 4%. We jump to 7%. You're talking about a $700 a month increase in your principal only. Right. Exactly. Not to mention that the interest is stacked up on top of that. So uh, just the 5 to 7 or 4.5 to 7, that's a $700 difference per month. Right. Yep. yep. So, you know, you could divide that into how you want, but to take that number. And, and it, like, I think what Dave's trying to ask is, off the top of your head, Clint, how much money does it take to, you know, can you buy clear down to four yeah, percent? I mean, or is it just, or you could get down to like six and a half or six and it costs you a hundred thousand. I don't know the answer to that. That would okay. be a lender question. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Which I'm sure is based on your credit rating right. And, right. and all that. Yeah. I just remember the few, I mean, I'm, I've only bought probably five pieces of real estate my entire life, but I just know the few times we've went through it. You know, you sit down with those people and you get educated and they're like, well, you can buy a point down. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. You know, I don't even, what is a point? And it's, well, right. that's just percentage a percent. Right. right. But right. but if you don't know, they're talking one language and yeah. you, you don't understand it. Right? right. And I just remember like, I think at one point, I think it was maybe a refinance we did actually or something. And anyway, they're like, you could buy a point down for 6,500 bucks. Right. And I looked at my wife like, why would we do that? And then we sat down and we did the math and we figured out we if we stayed in that house longer than four years, what we would save in interest rate versus writing a check for that 6500 bucks, right. we were way ahead. Yeah. yeah. Right? right? I yep. mean, way ahead. But you had to justify it and do the math and educate yourself. And, you know, I just really hope young home buyers or real estate people, not, not real estate people, but people buying real estate understand that. Right. Yeah, they educate themselves, and you know, hopefully, they can they can they're working with a good team on both sides and can help them through that process. You look at back in the day when you when you were talking years ago, you didn't know what a point was, right? Right. The difference between then and now, every single thing that we do, we jump on Google. Right. <laughs> the information right. is right there, and right. they're and they're educating themselves. But the real estate agent has a very very high interest in helping them right. get to that 
or they're going to be showing homes for the next 50 years. They right. want to be able to get their their buyer into a home or sell their sell a home for their you know their seller. Right. And so yeah, that yeah. In, that real estate it's not going to let you forget this stuff. They're going to make sure you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. That mortgage calculator on the internet's pretty yeah. nice because you could see the difference of what it's going to cost you in 30 years, what a difference right. of a point will be, yeah. you know, what if I put this much down? Like, it really kind of helps you understand all that stuff. So it, It's on, interesting, the amateurization yeah. calculators, right. you know. Like you said, you just hop on the internet, yeah. you type it in or whatnot, yeah. and I'll never forget this gal's been cutting my hair for the last several years, and she was cutting away on my hair, and she was talking about buying something, and... I'm like, oh, have you ever done an amateurization schedule? And she's like, what's that? You know, and I felt like I was sitting there giving her all this information, and I could just tell by the look in her eyes, I was just mind-boggling her. Yeah, you know. And I said, you can you can toy with that calculator of, hey, if I put a thousand dollars down, or I put ten thousand dollars down, or what's this interest rate? And I said, you know, you got to remember to add your taxes and insurance on top of that payment. And I, she was just like. Uh, you know, I mean, she right. was she was blown away by all that. But it's all at our fingertips. It is. We can figure it out, right? If you if, want to. Absolutely. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And the apps that you could download onto your phone. I mean, it is right there. Right. Mm-hmm. The QR codes that you can, I mean, everything is right there. Yeah. What's your uh, biggest piece of advice for a first-time home buyer right now? My biggest advice is, is slow down on the visit to Starbucks. slow down on the weekly going out to the restaurant you know you quit going to the restaurant and taking going to dinner and having a couple drinks four times a month there's four hundred dollars right there right sure go to starbucks four times a week there's another 20 bucks whatever um that adds up our grandfathers they didn't do that stuff and they seem to make it work, right? Right. And that's my biggest advice. Watch your credit score. Don't be buying the frivolous stuff. Eat at home as much as you can. As long as we're in a situation like we are getting into now. Sure. Let's do what our people did back in the day. Let's pull our pants up and save a dollar here and there. And then you can have or you can afford your monthly. Yeah, sure. The house of your dreams. Right. Ramen is still 29 cents, Clint. (laughs) Ramen noodles. (laughs) You still use water and boil it? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm in. So I say save your dollars. Save every penny. You got to look at pennies. Don't look at the dollar. Look at the penny. Right. Good point. Thanks, Clint. Yeah. Clint, how'd you, I mentioned it earlier. How'd you you become interested in uh, auctioneering? Oh, the auctioneering. So as a kid, on a farm, we went to auctions almost every weekend, and I always thought it was cool to see that auctioneer up there and chanting those numbers and wondering how on earth does he know where he's at, what is he saying, how does it work? And so I was always interested. So when I was a truck driver, I thought, well, someday I want to be an auctioneer. And so I taught myself how to be an auctioneer, and believe it or not, I have sold a lot of telephone poles. Because when you go down, when I was driving down the road, I would sell this telephone pole like it was an animal. By the time I get to about four telephone poles down, I start over again and sell that telephone pole. That's funny. That is a great story. That is. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome. So that's how I learned to do that. And then after I thought I was good at that chanting the numbers, which is the nothing of the auctioneering, it's the business part and understanding people, um, I had to talk myself into working for somebody. 
Ah. And my first job in an auction was holding up things in an auction or a farm sale on that wagon or whatever. My goal was to get into the cattle barns. Mm. So that's, uh, that's something I never did do, but I sold uh, mostly heavy equipment. So okay. I ended up working for a lot of heavy equipment uh, liquidators. Gotcha. Mm. So. And how long have you been doing that? Oh, my gosh. I've probably been an auctioneer since late 80s, 90, maybe. <clears throat> and then how many auctions do you think you participate in a year? In a year, back Kinda in the right. day when I was moving hard, I would do, you know, it's a lot to do one a month. That's a okay. lot of auctions. Mm. So, And there's a lot of traveling and with that, too, um, especially back then. And that's when we didn't have online auctions, didn't have any. It was all, right. you know, right there. That's probably changed some things up, too, huh? Oh, yeah. That's Especially with it. heavy equipment. What's that one auction place? That yeah, Richie Brothers. Richie, Richie Brothers. Brothers. Richie yeah. Brothers, Taylor Martin. As a matter of fact, I think since COVID started, they don't even allow you to go out there. It's all online now. Right. And my owner, Travis, he'll be at an auction and he'll be sitting in his office. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> R- Richie Brothers just opened up for their, was it the June auction? They they really finally just let opened the back. facility up. Oh, okay, for the people yeah, to come they, back. Yeah, so since COVID, all this time, they right, literally, okay. yeah. the, I, it could be the October auction. Mm-hmm. It was either the June or this one that's going to happen in October. Hmm. Wow. So We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Man, that lasted a long time for them. It Holy did. cow. It, 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 it did, did, yeah. yeah. Tell you what, I, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and uh, I walk in, check in, whatever, and I'm walking through, and it's a pretty big facility, and I hear somebody say, when did they quit making people wear masks? And I didn't even realize I didn't have a mask on, and typically when you walk in, they're like, here's your mask, here's right. your mask, here's your mask, and then I start looking around, and like, the employees didn't have a mask? That's the first medical yeah. facility I've wow. seen mm. yeah. in a long time where- right. The employees, and I mean, you go to Walmart, they're still wearing masks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, we're making progress. So did you run out your car and get a mask, Jim? No, you didn't have to have one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I haven't been to a doctor's appointment yet where nobody had a mask on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Sam sees this this one doctor like quarterly with his sports stuff, and uh, we get the notification to go in and see him, and they call and go, hey, you have an appointment in two days, just a reminder, and they're like, oh, by the way, you need to be sure and bring your mask. Otherwise, if you get here, you're required to have one. We will provide you one, but it's a dollar a mask. Wow, charging for it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we're getting to the point where you're saying only bank robbers will have the mask, right? Right. Let's get back to the way <laughs> Yeah, let's get back to that. Yeah, yeah the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Or bad person or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I see yeah. some people still wear a mask at the gym, and I just, obviously, I don't care that you have a mask on, but some people just got so used to it, I think they feel more comfortable with it, and. Yeah, yeah I, when I see a jam, I just hope they're not living in fear. Right. I, I hope that's not part of their life, you know. Yep. Maybe it's just habit now. Could be. It could yeah. be. Yeah, or you got an ugly grill. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do think it's strange when, you know, you're the, you two are walking outdoors right. and you both have masks on and obviously you're together, you're a couple. Right. Right, like, right. you know, when you go home, you take the masks off, you can still be together, right? Yeah. But they're yeah. outdoors. Yeah. Or you see the single person in a car with the mask on. I've always thought yeah, that The was single a person in the car in the middle of Wyoming by themselves, <laughs> and I pass them, and they look at me and wave, and they got their mask on. At least they waved, right? Yeah. Right. With one finger. <laughs> yeah. Preferably the index. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was at the gym the other day, and I wanted to use a leg curl machine, and some guy's wrapping up. I'm like, you're done? He's like, yeah. So... Boss is pretty cool. They got these sanitary stations everywhere, and it's just like wet wipes. Mm-hmm. You just pull them out and you wipe your machine down. And nice, you know, it's it's everybody pretty much does that. 
you know so the guy starts wiping down the machine but like he's like going overboard like it's <laughs> like deep cleaning this thing and i'm just like rub the paint off it no i'm just like you know to me you 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 clean where my face is gonna be yeah. like you know the thing wasn't like i was so i say to him like i'm like hey man that's good enough like i gotta go like, you know, i'm on lunch i gotta get back to right. work you yeah. know what i mean so he says to me well yeah you know this just helps prevent sickness so I'm like, well, thank you, but let's speed it up. You know? like, <laughs> You've just killed my immunity system. Yeah, wipe, I, wipe faster. Nobody's going to get sick on that machine for the next two years. <laughs> Clint, what's, uh, what's the strangest thing you've auctioned off? Well, the, the strangest thing or, or the most interesting thing, I've got two. I, got, I had a chance to sell the buffalo up in the uh, city of Denver up there, G- Genesee. Oh, oh, so yeah. every few years they sell off some of the buffalo. I bison. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and oh, so wow. I was able to sell the buffalo up there at one year, which was great. And the most interesting thing was John Denver's motorcycle. Wow. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. and I had the title to it, and then, of course, you know, his name is not John Denver. It's something Dieseldorf. That's his <laughs> last name. Huh. Yeah. So huh. I had the title, and it was like a Honda 75. It was a real, you would think it would be some fantastic cool motorcycle just some common little <laughs> honda gold you know with a little white stripes and it was his his motorcycle and ah, very cool um so that was i would think that would be my most that's pretty memorable. cool yeah yeah you see that red jfw challenge coin pig sitting there? Oh, the pig? Yeah. yeah could you auction that off to us right now Sure, I don't know how much pork's going for this year. So, well, I know it's about 15 bucks in there, so I'll start at $15. <laughs> All right, I'll do that for you. Sweet. I'll uh, open up the gate and let them in. Welcome, boys. On this pig, this here JFW Challenge Coin pig, I'm going to sell it at $50. You want to $55, but I'm going to $55, but I'm going to $55, you want $55 and $60. I'm in $65, Jim. You're a new horse in the race. You want to go $70. Don't look at each other. You go $70. Do not look at Dave. Will you go $100? I'm at $75, but $100. You want to $120, but you're going to $130, and $30, and $35, but I'm $40. Sold. That is awesome. That is good. Thank you, Clint. That is awesome. That must have taken a lot of Wait. telephone poles to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Good Dave, job. I'm going to want to report from you in two weeks. I need you to start practicing. <laughs> <laughs> I never was a fast talker. I do everything slow. I'm waiting to see the 140 going to pig. <laughs> I was thinking that. I'm like, we got to put that money in there. Right? Well, that's right. what I thought you were going to say. You see that pig down there? And I thought, well, I don't, I don't have any cash. Is that pig ready? <laughs> who was who the winner? Jim? Jim was, yeah. Okay. All right. What were we to? 140? 140. 140. All right. We'll have to come up with it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You can Venmo that. <laughs> oh, it's just an app. Yeah. Talk about technology. So I did get a, a question from the audience, which I'll read. Here it is. Robert Shaw asks, hey, good morning, Jam. I have a few questions for the podcast if it's not too late. First one is, what is the cause for pit changes? For example, switching sand from plant 12 rag style to Firestone. So yeah, a lot of it has to do with um, supply. You know, if the pit actually has what we need and enough of it. Sometimes I think salespeople get involved. I don't know, Dave or Super Dave, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? You know, I don't know since that's kind of not our end of it, Jam, if we can, you know, actually explain it all in detail. I know... They're just like you started on. There's a lot to it, right? There could be a moisture issue, mm-hmm. like this sand is too wet and we need some drier sand. Uh, I know when when a lot of our customers sit down and 
they actually sign contracts at the beginning of the year. They go to these supply locations, i.e. the gravel pits and stuff, and they go, I'm making it up. We're going to take 100,000 tons of sand this year, and maybe they're at uh, 112,000 or 120,000, and they need to stop using from this location and start using from this one or, or vice versa. Maybe they've used their allotment, and the gravel supply place is like, Hey, you've you've met your contract. Uh, now that the contract's fulfilled, we're going to increase the price, mm. and they're going. Uh, well, maybe we'll switch to here. So, right. I, some of those things, you know, we're not privy to those details. Right. I do know a lot of that is in play, but I, the exact reason I can't answer that. Gotcha. It sounds like there could be a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. For from sure. supply to price to negotiations to deals made at a bar, yeah. maybe who yeah. knows. I know. Uh, it's a lot of work on our end, right? I mean, right. You, you get, as you're a grinder, you get used to doing the same thing. Like, oh, I got to go get sand for 12 and you're, this is your location. And, you know, after six months of driving up there, you're like, oh, shoot, I, I went to the wrong place. I got to right. go back to here. Or, right. You know, we've even hauled some of the sand from the lo- wrong place. <laughs> right. and, you know, knock on wood, Brandon has been really cool with that. And they're like, right. ah, we get it. But, you know, yeah. we we'll pay sand. for it. Yeah. Right. Under the, you know, water under the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. His second question was, <clears throat> what is the correct sweep-out procedure when switching materials, even if it's concrete product to concrete product? For instance, sand to three-quarter wash rock, I was taught to always sweep out when changing material no matter what it is, but have seen guys not sweep when going from sand to three-quarter wash or vice versa. So, Super Dave, you want to take that one? It's a great question. Dave, yeah, I want you to answer I mean, but it's a great question. Yeah. So many times people are wasting time, you know, and yet we, we say, we kind of have to, hey, make sure you're really, really clean when you're loading that, you know, grain or you're loading that salt, blue salt. Um, you know, I was always telling my guys when I was training that color is a big deal. You know, you can't have a bunch of gray fry rock in, in tan concrete sand, you know. Um, but you also have to use a little bit of common sense. Are there fines in three-quarter rock? There are. Right. So a little bit of sand in your trailer isn't going to hurt um, a load of three-quarter rock. However, if you flip that to the other side, you can't have three-quarter rock in your sand in your sand because that that is going to really throw up red flags when you dump it out. And I can't tell how many times I've gone to a golf course or a baseball field when you're unloading Coors or excuse me, Rasm Red at Coors Field and the maintenance dude, the groundskeeper at Coors Field is looking before you're even finished I, dumping out, he's picking up piles of it in his yeah, hands. I.e. Mark Rasm, who the yes, material was right, named after. Right? <laughs> and, and you're like, oh my God, I hope a little bitty piece of pea gravel doesn't fall out from under my liner, you know? Right. right. So it does depend on what you're hauling and where you're going as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to emphasize, you know, because you brought up the point there, Dave, like you can have some sand in your rock, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and the big thing is it a little bit, not yeah. like a ton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. if yeah. there's like a shovel full on each side right. of the doghouse up in the nose, that's not going to hurt anything, right? If you're hauling salt, that's a problem, right? Yes. right? Now, just to clarify, if you have a little bit of rock in your sand, what if you have some rock that has built up on the sand you've left in the nose? So now you have a little bit of sand and a little bit of rock, right? Oh. You go get another load of sand, you dump, and some rock comes out, and you're like, well, that's no big deal. We're making concrete here. It's a concrete plant. Ah, wrong. It is a problem because that may not be going in a mix that uses any rock. And right. what I mean by that, 
is have you ever seen a swimming pool, a concrete swimming pool? Shotcrete. Yeah, shotcrete. So many of those are going through a fine pump. Mm -hmm. If a piece of three-quarter rock goes through that pump, those pumps blow up. Mm -hmm. They explode because they weren't designed for that. Yep. So critical, critical things. But what a great question in it. It is just so common sense based. Yep. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it really it's is. pretty easy to figure out, but you have to understand the use. You have to understand the rest of the picture to understand why you can't do this or why the situation is, right? Yeah. So what yeah. what is the safest way? Sweep out every time. Yeah. Right. That's your that's your safest way. Right. Does Rasm Red have anything to do with rock? No, they don't have anything to do with each other. <laughs> yeah. Does salt have anything to do with concrete? No, they don't have anything to do with each other. So sweep out. Does rock and sand have something to do with concrete? Okay, you have to understand the process just like you, you said, Dave. So there might be the deal. But the safest way is to sweep it out. Obviously, When in the, doubt, sweep out. Right? right? And, and so obviously the people that are you know might not be sweeping out every load have educated themselves and understand what the situation is, and hopefully they're doing it correctly. And you don't have to sweep out, you know, from rock to sand if you know your trailer's clean, if you know you raised it all the way to the top, mm-hmm. if you know you, you know, you banged your gate, if you looked in the trailer before you left and go, oh, I don't have anything stuck around the doghouse, I'm good to go. I don't need to sweep it out. Yeah. You know, right. educate yourself and, and do your job. And another thing to remember, too, is call into the office before you sweep out, because what if they uh, send you for another load of rock? <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, oh, well, cruise. I'll just cruise. Yeah, or yeah. another load of sand, but it just happens to be out of a different pit. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, sweeping three-quarter washout rock to go pick up more three-quarter is not the smartest idea. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, one of the general rules going from concrete products is you can go small to bigger. You know, safest yeah. thing is to sweep out, but yeah. you could go from sand to, to rock or pea gravel to rock if it's a little bit obviously what you don't want is you dump your rock and a ton of sand falls out on the top of that rock and it looks like you're not doing your job right. anytime yeah. you're hauling salt before or after you want to sweep out really well oh, you know yeah. you don't want to get any rock in that salt because when the city or whoever goes to spread it you could break windshield stuff like that and then you don't want salt in the concrete part product because it will weaken Weaken the brakes on the concrete. So, oh yeah, salt you know, and concrete. Grain, grain. You don't really want a lot of grain coming out into <laughs> nope. a sand load or a rock load or anything like that. And you don't want the cows eating rocks either. Although some may argue that yeah, point. Do you, yeah. Do you have to wash the grain out? No, but right. you have to sweep it out so there's right. not chunks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned that from you, Dave. There was a time where I were t- we were talking about liners in that edge, um, the Z strip strips. You told me about contamination. You said, I'm getting contamination. And I'm thinking, what are you hauling? <laughs> right? And then you explained to me how those can get behind there. And then you let it down to how much it costs to replace a lawnmower blade on the golf course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that conversation. And I watch those Z strips now. And I make sure my shop knows about that. Sure. So mm-hmm. that I can't get materials up so I don't have to. Yeah, cause a problem for you guys. Yeah, yeah there's there's absolutely. always more to what we do down the line, and the reason we know how much mower blades are is we've had to buy them. Yeah, I remember you right? telling we've, me that we've delivered a load of sand. Yeah. You know, and you, you, the average person doesn't realize how much sand goes on a golf course. The average person when they when they say, "Oh, you're delivering sand to a golf course," I didn't know they used that much in the bunkers. Uh, we rarely deliver bunker sand. I mean, we do, but we rarely use it. Most of that sand is spread on your greens and on your fairways, and mm-hmm. they aerate it into those areas twice a year, right? Yeah, top dressing day, exactly. right? Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And you can't have rock on a golf course. 
right. there can't be one rock in that load. And like like Dave's talking about, what's kind of scary, that trailer can be as clean as you want it on top. But you know this, Clint, when, you, when the gate is open, sometimes there's a gap in the corners if it's a square mm-hmm. trailer. Yep. And let's face it, when, when, when you're moving material like that in, in that massive bulk volume, there's a chance a rock could slide up under the liner in those open areas. So what we teach when you dump on a golf course and you're dumping in one of the bins, right, and this is high-dollar uh, material, don't let that tailgate swing and hit the back of the trailer because you just dumped a load of sand, you'd swept out, you've done everything right, but now you pulled off of that pile, the tailgate swing up, bam, hit the back of the trailer, and you hear that clink, 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 clink. You just dislodged. Exactly. You just had a few rocks fall out, you know, and I'm one of those guys, as my trailer's getting out, I'm running back there with my brush, I'm sweeping off the back, I'll turn around and look in that pile and go, oh, there's a piece of pea gravel that must have come out from either under my Z-strip or actually under the corners of the liner or whatnot. I mean, there's just places that it could happen. I'll just take my foot and kick it off to the side because it's not in the load, right? right? I mean, you didn't deliver a contaminated load. Right. You had a piece fall out, yeah. right? Usually you, it'll land right on the top of the bottom of your exactly. pile, right right at yep. the tailgate. Yeah, so when the guy shows up and looks at it, he just looks at it and goes, well, that pile's contaminated. Mm-hmm. No, there was a, a piece of 3 eighths pea gravel that came out from under my liner, right. whatever the case may be. Huh. So when Dave's out there unloading the load, he's polishing that trailer <laughs> like the guy at your gym. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, great questions, Rob. Appreciate that. So, hey, we're about to do something really fun. We have the leader of fun here, Amber. Uh, we are going to raffle off, or actually, you, you, the way you entered the raffle is just by working here. And we have an app. Amber has an app where it uh, mixes everybody up, and she's going to root off two winners of $100 today. The purpose of this is to drive listenership. Right, we want more people listening to the podcast. So, Amber, take it away. Okay, guys. So it looks like we're gonna go with number one here. Don't don't read their name. I won't read the okay. name. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I'm just gonna read you the last four of your license numbers. So if you if if Amber reads the last four numbers of your driver's license, you have until Friday. Okay, good. Friday. Okay. You have until Friday to come come collect your hundred bucks. Okay, because you've because you've listened to the podcast. That's what we're trying to do here yep. is get more people to listen to the podcast. Yes. So in the next four weeks, do Jim, we do we want to make it by the next podcast? Is that fair? Or by Monday, maybe they would listen over the weekend? Or yeah, I think before the next podcast. Okay, so yeah, before right. the next yeah, podcast, I mean, they have plenty so, of time to listen. Yeah. Right? So next Tuesday afternoon, right? If you've called yep. in, you could win your if you're. End of your driver's license number is called. Yep. You you get a hundred bucks, hundred dollars. But you got to listen to the podcast. Yep. Exactly, it's exciting. And it could be anyone. Yep, could be anyone, anyone here. First one is zero five zero three. Zero two seven four. All right, thanks for playing. <laughs> All right, so number one. So the last four of the first place listener is going to be 0681. Again, 0681. Okay, that's your first winner. The first $100. Who, who's next, Amber? Number two is 0762. Again, 0762. All right. Yay. 0681, 0762. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's get it. Good deal. 
Thanks, Amber. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Amber. Thanks, Amber. Yep. Hey, guys, and I, I just got to say that, you know, we're really after getting more people to listen to the podcast, make sure we have the drivers listening or the not drivers, but everyone listening and new drivers yes. listening. We've New employees. We, new employees because yeah. we've listened. Yeah, it should be new employees. The two, the two new guys in the wash bay. We want them yeah. to listen to the podcast. Yeah, so, and, and so this, we're trying to get you know, do something fun, help people out. You know, who can't use a hundred bucks? And all you got to do is, in the next four weeks here, we'll change it up a couple of different times on when we're going to announce the the yeah. winning numbers. Yep. And only you will know your the end of your driver's license. And right. hopefully you'll get a hold of Jam or any one of us and go, hey, I, I'm I'm the person. Yep. So, yep, I would love that. Good deal. And yeah, just to be clear, this wasn't just for the drivers. Everybody's included. Yeah. Every, yeah. every single person that yep. works at JFW is included. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I keep thinking about things like this. So, you know, we, we talked about a little, a lot of different stuff. You know, we have Clint on today as our guest and, you know, his, hear his background and his, uh, you know, passion for his industry and, and what he's done. And, you know, he started out as a driver here in, in things. And, you know, again, with this podcast, we've talked about political things. We talked about, you know, XL Energy. We talked about this stuff and that things. But we're still, the goal is, like we mentioned earlier, is to reach you guys and, and make sure that you're listening because hopefully there's something on here. And we talked about hitting the post out at uh, Quail Ridge, Quail Ridge, the dairy out there. And we've hit it twice. And, you know, it, it, it might sound a little weird here, you know, you guys, but here, here's $200 we're giving, right? 200 bucks, you know, and, and, you know, that's 200 bucks. That's, that's important to me or a hundred bucks is important to me, but hitting that post out at Quail Ridge, that was what over five, five thousand dollars Absolutely. So in damage to the vehicle. Yeah. In damage to the vehicle. Not only the, you know, both the drivers that hit it, they feel like crap. They care. It was a mistake. But if the next guy goes out there and go, well, that's the damn post that we were they were talking about on the podcast. I'm not hitting it. That's the goal. Absolutely. You know, and that's the reason we're trying to drive listening ship. You know, uh, maybe maybe just talking about the you know great question about cleaning the trailers out. How do we clean out? Well, maybe that'll save one person. They they can get an extra load because oh, I thought I had to clean out every load. But I'm just switching between rock and sand, and and it's okay. Or I looked in my trailer; it's not stuck up here. Or you know, we save a break in concrete because a guy looks and goes, "Jesus, this is what they were talking about." I got salt stuck all over in the trailer. I have to clean out. Right. And and how much money that will save. So, you know, no matter what we talk about, we try to make this as entertaining as possible. But we're just truly trying to educate and 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 make our brand bigger as far as a culture of being better. Sharing information. Yeah, sharing information. Right. So The only way we can do that is to talk about it, but people need to listen or understand or be participate in part of that. You know, one of the things Clint was talking about was getting the trailers to talk to the trucks. That's the same thing we're talking about right here. Absolutely. Right? We need to be able to communicate. That trailer needs to be able to talk to that truck. We need to be able to talk to that driver. That driver or employee needs to be able to see what's going on in the big picture. Right? We talked about how impossible of a feat that sounds like it would be to get volvo peterbilt kenworth freightliner international to all be on the same page well that's what we're doing right now we all need to be on the same page yeah we're asking bob and joe and jill and julie and whoever to communicate absolutely and we we all know how hard that is to get all the people to communicate it's just like calling in after 20 minutes you know or before the 20 minutes that's communication that's either going to make you better us better or both of us better by doing that and that that we have to have that done it's almost like uh 
you pay it forward. You're paying it forward by inf- with information. Right. Pay it forward. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I, you know, Clint, you mentioned that paying forward, but you also have to look at the people that that have done this before us. You know, where you're talking about saving pennies and and doing all that stuff. You know, my I know my grandpa, even my dad. I mean, he knows what Starbucks is, but they didn't go get Starbucks. You know, Dave mentioned he went and dug basements. He got up in the morning, maybe made his two cent cup of coffee, and then worked his ass off all day digging basements. That's what he did. Same with your dad on the on the farm. That that's what you did. And sometimes that's what needs to be done to get ahead. Yeah. So yep. good stuff. When you guys want to talk about the new hall we have coming up? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of touched upon it earlier in the podcast. Uh uh we were uh, able to put a deal together with CMEX and get them to continue pr- produce powder. Uh, we're going to haul some shale into their facility uh, from Arcosa and longtime relationships with both places, longer with Arcosa. Uh, they've been many different names, but seems like the same group of people that have worked there throughout that process. And uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. We're actually going to have our own loader up at Arcosa and load our own trucks. So we did the project last year. And I think we only hauled 3,000 or 5,000 tons or something like yeah. that. Yep. And, you know, they needed to test the product, and apparently it worked out because now instead of wanting 3,000, they want 120,000 tons a year. Wow. And uh, it sounds like they have about 180,000 or 200,000 tons of shale stockpiled up there, and they mm. produce about 300 tons of it a day. Wow. So kind of a good gig for us. We're pretty excited about it. One of the biggest things we're concerned about is we won't be scaling at Arcosa. So we're going to load ourselves, and we're going to leave there without a scale ticket. So number one in the game here is all the trucks that have the scales in them, which I think I can sit here and almost say literally every truck now, with the exception of, what, three? Because I think we even switched yeah, the, the Freightliners we're the keeping. The Pete's don't. Like right, the single o- drives. Or like Marty's truck doesn't, 0029. Which will be going away. Yeah. So, I so, mean, here within yeah, 28, 29, 60 whatever, days, we'll virtually 35. have every truck here switched over to the digital scales mm-hmm. that are on the trucks and trailers. And I believe the Freightliners don't either, Dave. Well, I updated the Freightliners we're keeping to digital scales. Mm-hmm. They have them all now, but the five we're getting rid of do not. So, yeah, let's say for sake of argument here in 60 days, we're going to have 10 or less trucks that don't. But we'll have 90 that do. Right. So with that said, you have to know how to run those gauges. Yep. That's the goal of yes. this conversation yeah. right here. Is Chris Beam should be the first guy we send out. There. Absolutely. Now, yeah. something that's going to come into play, because I've had a discussion with Chris about this to educate myself. Oh, wow. Right. So Chris says those scales aren't accurate unless you're on perfectly level ground. Mm-hmm. Going to be pretty tough to be on perfectly level ground where we're working up there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be close. And I know there's still a guide right? The good news is we're on secondary roads. Nice. We do have our overweight permits, but we are not after using this as an overweight haul. Right. We want to stick around the 85,000 pounds. Now, here's our reasoning why. CMEX is, uh, how can I put this bluntly? Freak, freak, safety freak, freaks. Freaky safe. Yeah. They're freaky safe. I, I mean, if, if we have an incident, I mean, if someone gets a hangnail and they need to pull out clippers and cut it off of their finger, right. I think we may need to report it up there on this job. I'm right. not sure. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is it is unbelievable safety control. And I guess, number one, I, I kind of think, ah, oh, that's just kind of overboard. But you know what? 
It is safety. It is mm-hmm. number one. It's what we have to be so super hyper focused on, and it's critical. And this haul, it's a damn dangerous haul. And what I mean by that is we're going through the heart of Boulder with 120,000 tons a year, right through the heart of Boulder, right down a bicycle path, right, right into Lyons. Right, right down Highway 36, which yep. the bicyclists, you know. Yep. And I... I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just thinking of what Clint said earlier when you guys were joking about the trailers and the price. CMEX realizes the value we're bringing, Dave, yes. and, I, and I want you to mention that, that you know, the JFW brings, and they're willing to pay a price, but the price that they're paying is that we're safe. Absolutely. Yep. And, yes. and one one hangnail that we don't report, yep. we, we lose the contract. Yeah. We're, do- we're done. We have to joyfully create honest value for this customer. Yeah. Just like we do for Brandon and right. for every other customer out there, yeah. and it, they've just, you know, just inundated us with safety questions, safety issues, and again, so we're going to pull out a Carcosa. We're not going to know. We're not going to have a scale ticket in our hand. We're going to create an hourly ticket that that we'll be using to just have a, a copy for the load. Right? Need to have a BOL, a bill of lading. And uh, we're going to scale in at CMEX. So any anybody that works here that was on this job last year, it's the same thing. We'll be dumping in a little different location, but we need to scale in on their scale. It's a two-way scale. And there's going to be multiple other truckers delivering other material there. We're going to go up on the pad, and we're going to raise our trailers and dump. The first thing CMEX did was ask us, hey, you know, we'd like you to bid this job. Do you have belly dumps? Nope. Do you have side dumps? Nope. Well, we need to do it in belly dumps and side dumps. Okay, sorry, all we have is end dumps. Okay, a week goes by. They call Jim. Jim, we need this job done. Do you have side dumps? Jim's like, nope. You have belly dumps? Nope, we have end dumps. Okay, well, we need belly dumps, side dumps. Then they call me back. Like, nope, we don't have them. Well, will you do it in end dumps? (laughs) We will. Well, we don't like end dumps. They tip over. Well, we don't like them either, but they're what we have. and they're Ours don't. Well, knock on wood because we train, right, Jam? Right. Touch I mean, wood. that's our goal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. touching wood. Touching wood. <laughs> knock on wood. Well, yeah. But honestly, so, it's like driving through the gate 3,000 times. You could tell them how many loads we've dumped and we've only tipped over. I think we've only lost four uh, trailers. Dave, I just hate talking about this. Right. In, it's just in the 30 years mojo, I've man. been here. Right, Dave? You know? yeah. Yeah. How many loads have we hauled in 30 years? Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's that. That just proves that one time can happen, Super Dave. Yeah, yep. and yeah. We, we, we need and that's little, too many for them. Too many. Yeah, yeah. so here's the deal on this job. We lay a trailer over up there, contract's done. They will. It will be shut down. We won't haul. I mean, they will switch it. They are, they are unbelievably concerned about it. I mean, beyond, beyond any job we've ever been on, right? We all know sitting here at this table, Dave, you just mentioned it. You've, you've been here 30 years. You think you've seen eight trailers lay over of ours. I don't think it's been that think many. That, no. No, right? no, I think he said four, Dave. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I said gotcha. four. four. Well, yeah. he, 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 and I was just making it up. I could sit here and really think about it, but it's you, not that no. much different than right. four, maybe five times. Of those that laid over, how many were mechanical failures? Oh, zero. How many were human error? All of them. Every single one. Not so, paying attention. Right? Yeah. So here's our gig, man. This this is going to be a job. It It is going to require hyper-focused vigilance from the minute we pull into Arcosa. But we're going to be on our own. I mean, Arcosa, they're giving us free reign, right? We're going to have a couple loader operators that have been MSHAW trained. We're going to load ourselves. You're going to need to know. And, of course, once we get going, it's like any other material, our loader operators that are going to be up there are going to know, okay, and I'm making it up, like, 
three buckets in a pinch, that should put them at 30 tons or 28 tons or whatever. We're not going to know that exact weight till we scale in at Arcosa. I'm sorry, till we scale in at CMEX. Then we go dump the shale. We're just in an open area dumping the shale, right? If we back up and we're on level or we have a low tire or we have whatever and we are not looking out that back window to dump and tip over, we're done. You've, you've lost the contract for JFW. You've lost the contract for the house. You've lost the contract for every person that was on that haul. So... And this is going to be an 85,000-pound haul, correct? We're not using overweights, I, secondary roads, but we're yeah. just going to load it up to 85. Here's our goal, Dave, right? We're going to shoot for 85,000. If we're 87, we have a permit to do it legally, right? Sure. We're not going to go to our maximum of 92,000 pounds. We can't. It, it just doubles the, the treachery of, of... The safety. Yeah, absolutely. we just can't do it. Anybody so, that's dumped a 32-tonner versus a 27-tonner knows the difference. Absolutely. Big, big, big absolutely. difference. But the beauty of it, since we're loading ourselves and we don't have a scale on site, we will allow the 87,000-pound load. But the goal is not to shoot for 92,000 that we've limited our overweight permits to. Mm-hmm. So that's the purpose. But, oh my gosh, you guys, the bicycle traffic through Boulder... The bicycle traffic down Highway 36, that's just a one-lane road each direction, right? If you're, you know, when Jim and I drove it, as you're approaching a bicycle going the same direction and you think, oh, I'll just roll across that double yellow line and get around them, you know, because there's that three-feet legal law rule, Mm -hmm. you can't be within three feet of them. Well, you're in a semi going 60 miles an hour. Could you imagine your wife being on that bicycle and you just went by them at, at 30 inches away at 65 miles an hour? Not good. We need to use our heads. You need to realize, oh, there's a car coming. I'm just going to slow up and go at the same speed as the bicycle until I can safely get around them. Right? I mean, that's the goal. Then once we dump and get through that process, then we have to scale out every single load. So we are scaling in to get a scale ticket. We are scaling out to get a tear weight. That's just how it's going to be. We're going to scale in and scale out every single load you get a tear weight. So when you come in, you scale. When you go out, you scale. You'll leave a ticket in the the scale box right there on the scale. Off we go get another load. They're also super concerned because last year it was never an issue. When we leave that plant, we make a left on Highway 66. Well, how fast is the traffic on Highway 66? Mm-hmm. 60 mile an hour highway. Yep. Right. It's a it's highway. 66 it's not pulling out onto 23rd street or whatever the case may be so super concerned about making a left out of there right so i, I think i've touched no upon... left dave right <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse me right. so can yeah. i tell you something about a bike rider yeah this is please. interesting so if if i'm watching a bike rider now and what i'm going to tell you has has everything to do with somebody who lost their life so if you're watching a bicycle rider near a curb and that bicycle rider is a little bit more towards the traffic than he is the curb or she is the curb, the curbing, um, let's say that that bicycle rider is four inches from the curb. That bicycle rider has given away all their margin for error, and if they just graze that curb, all of a sudden they overcorrect and jump into the traffic. Yes. I, I have a friend who did exactly that. She was scared of the truck traffic in a, in a different state it was in florida yeah. she rode very close and tight to the curb she hit the curb because she heard the truck coming mm. bounced into the curb the rest is history God, dang, wow. what a shame. and and the truck driver was doing his job 
out a little bit farther, but you got to realize when that dry, when that bicycle fell over or overcorrected, there's about a five feet launch of that right. bicycle right. into that. So right. um, yeah, life she was lost never her the life. same for a lot of no. families there, right, Clint? No, no. no. Yeah, and the truck driver didn't do anything wrong, right? Uh, yeah, still got to live with it though. That's a tough part. Right. Yep. Yeah. You guys want to jump into the safety topics? Can one of you guys run this down real quick? Or not real quick. Speed through the safety topics. I'm surprised we've gone so long. It's been a long podcast. So yeah, we just wanted to talk about with snow coming, you know, winter driving techniques, tips, anything like that. Uh, we just have so many things to be prepared for. You know, we've mentioned it and mentioned it already in the upcoming weeks here. You know, be sure you're you're you've got the new winter blades on your truck for your windshield wipers. Uh, we have down in here propping your tailgate open so the tailgates don't freeze to the the rubber seal in the in the winter here when they're wet and then when we go dump the first load the seal tears out and we're driving around with no seal breaking windshields right mm -hmm. uh also when you're doing that be sure you don't pinch your fingers in there we use a uh usually one of our our hammers is what a lot of the guys use or gals to prop the gate open mm -hmm. I really urge you, we've got almost every trailer now switched over to the, the. you have to get out with the manual valve to open and close the gate. I strongly urge you, just put the, as you walk past it, open the tailgate, walk back there, stick your hammer in it, walk up, close the gate, walk back and pull the hammer out. Two things are going to happen there. You will never lose your hammer because you drove off with the gate, <laughs> with the hammer in the gate, right? Which is a problem. Yeah, which is, you know, Clint talked about a projectile. What if that hammer happens to be wedged in there just right and it holds until we go out here and get on I-70 or 270? All of a sudden that hammer falls out when we get 50 miles an hour and it bounces up and goes through somebody's windshield, right? You know, I mean, there's there's a lot to losing a hammer. There, it's, it's dangerous, but, you know, just as important as, as it is, you have to be careful. Be sure you don't pinch your fingers. Be sure your hands are clear. Realize where all the mechanisms touch when you're doing that. So be careful with that. Uh, as far as driving techniques, you know, we try and get off of the road when it's foul weather like that. There is some work that does need to go and we will go, but the majority of the plants now and just for safety as a whole in the construction industry, Brandon pretty well shuts down on the concrete and of course the asphalt side when it is foul conditions. You know, we've talked about chaining. JR and Kendrick will probably put on another chaining class and Pat here. Uh, you know, they'll set up some times. You're encouraged to come by and, and learn how to chain. All the trucks have chains on them. You know, we've mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Be sure you have your key to tighten the chain. Be sure you understand how to put them on. You know, spend 30 minutes here one afternoon or Saturday Pull your chains off your truck. Be sure they're hung on the chain hanger the way you like them hung. You understand which is inside and which is outside and how all that functions. Uh, as far as driving techniques, slow down. Don't run your jakes on high. Uh, you know, these sound like common, common sense things, but they are. But sometimes we just need reminded of them. You know, we've just spent all summer driving around with no foul conditions whatsoever. Shut your crews off. You don't want to be running the cruise on while you got the the uh, snow or or even rain as such. You know you could have an issue with hydroplaning. People can't think an eighty thousand pound truck can hydroplane. I'm here to tell you bullshit. It can, especially with our fine roads, because they just have two cups that the tires drive in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like ruts. They're not roads. So don't get yeah. me started on that. Mention the Jakes, Dave. I mean, I, along 
I did. Don't run the jakes on high, you yeah, know. So when yeah. you let off the throttle, the you don't get the backspin. And it back in the old days before the computerization, you could kill the engine. You wouldn't even know it was off, and you know things mm-hmm. like that. So run it on on one head, or even shut it off if it's that bad, right? Uh, we can run our power dividers up to fifty miles an hour, and then they automatically kick out. Uh, you'll probably get a warning on the dash or mm-hmm. whatnot. Just what seems to be common sense we just like to talk about and touch upon so if there's i'm sure there's 30 things i forgot to mention if anybody has any others glaring at them be sure your lights work and your brake lights are on and or function and your four ways and all of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah as the weather cools and it's below freezing every night right make sure you drain your air tanks every evening right you know right yeah see if there's moisture in the yep, system when you the do day, it they'll build up a lot of moisture yeah. Yeah. We're, we're the shop is really good we try and replace air cartridges on the air dryers every year keep the moisture down out of the systems but man the the i don't know what it is i i think it's the advent of the new temperatures that the engines run at we're just fighting failures on on air compressors and air dryers and you would think for what I envision as a new fleet, you know, for nothing really, barely having any trucks over four years old, almost everything is under four years of age. Don't you think we have a lot of air compressor and air dryer failures, Jim? I, I, I do, because that should not be a problem. Right? I mean, we're, we were running 10 to 20-year-old trucks, and maybe we were on, still on the first compressor right? or, or the second one, and you, you realize you were going to have a problem. But four years and we've wore a, a compressor yeah. out, something, something's wrong there. Either mm. we're not technology or something's not, not I, passing I, on I or truly missing. I believe it's the engine temperatures that we run now. Could, you know, could we went from heat, yeah. 180 to 200 to 220 to 230. I mean, we're just pushing the capabilities of these items. But also, too, you know, 30 years ago, we were all spring ride. Yep. We didn't have an air ride cab. We didn't have air ride steer axles. Mm-hmm. We didn't have lift axles. We didn't have, I mean, talk about punishing the systems. We are, right. we are punishing that air compressor. That's a good point. So yeah. lots, yeah. Of, lots of air use. <clears throat> On your list here too, Dave, and, and just helping you grab them all here, walking through the yard, you know, to go out and get in your truck or check your truck out. We have more slip and falls in the yard, and and I know out here in the in the main yard here with all our concrete underneath the snow, you'll get that frozen puddle of ice, and it is slick underneath it that is snow, slick, yeah. and you just you just don't see it, and yet that one slip, so. You know, as you're going through the yard, make sure you're doing the poopy walk in the morning, a little shuffle and not... not, I I was going to say, it goes back to my dad joke. What can what butt cheek cheek say to the other? Yeah, Yeah, let's stop this crap. (laughs) It's going to be hard when we hit, right? I'll tell you what, Scooby picked me up a pair of those uh, pullover cleats. Oh, yeah. Those things changed the game. Right there. Yeah, yeah, they're badass. Nice, nice. Yes. And then I don't know. Maybe you mentioned it, or you know, Super Dave. I know you're talking about the air deal, but let's make sure the trailers are rolling in the morning and the brakes are released. I know that's a little bit of a different game with uh, um, compared to drum brakes, compared to disc. And I know that we shouldn't have those problems, but that's all still based on the air pressure. And so let don't don't drag your trailer brakes or your trailer tires is what I'm saying. Make make sure you're full of air. We talk about that all the time, right? Just because your truck has built up air, if you haven't released the trailer brakes yet, keep in mind that there's a whole air tank back there that what what happens is in the the wintertime with the colder temperatures, all the rubber seals could leak potentially, right? And it's not all of them are going to instantly leak at once, but as it gets colder, you tend to have more air leaks. So 
like this time of year right now where it's above freezing, you come in and your trailer may still have 100 pounds of air in it. Well, when you, when you come in in the winter, it may have 20 pounds of air in it. Where you're accustomed to this morning, you just push in the trailer valve and you drive off, right? Especially with our automatics, the minute you let off the brake pedal, they go, right? With it, it has the urge to move, so they leave instantly. Be sure your trailer brakes are rolling. Be sure you're not, your trailer tires are rolling, that you're not dragging that axle back there and it's it's important you know we've seen trailers make it all the way to the driveway and start down the street and it's like oh my gosh dude you don't see you're dragging your trailer tires Mm -hmm. your whole trailer is dragging back there and you don't know it you know and that's something else i bet you were taught when you when you leave a a parking spot you have your windows down right absolutely no matter how cold it is and you verify that and i'll I'll cock that tractor over a little bit so i can see in that left mirror and watch that rotation and i'll do the same and i'll just barely turn that tractor and look at the right yep yeah yeah good stuff uh something else we've ran into over the years just with experience you know those early loads out of fries they'll probably slow up a little bit but they're still there depending on the days uh depending on the weather there's going to be black ice in those shadows on the canyon coming down the canyon and it's it's black ice you guys you don't see it it's dangerous it's damn dangerous i mean i couldn't imagine the amount of accidents that have been on black ice caused by that so something to be very careful of uh as you, unless you're going to it, Dave, as you mentioned in the canyon, you know, I think it was Manny. I think I wrote down Manny here, the traveling through the canyon where the car came straight at oh, you. Oh, yeah. Was it Manny? Yes, you guys, yeah, was yeah. It? Okay. yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah, we should throw that one out on, on YouTube. or Yeah, right, Facebook we should just put that on the on the website, right, the, the near miss. It's on Facebook. I, it, is it? Jim, yeah. I missed it. Yeah. yeah, so just so everyone knows, what we're talking about is Manny Velasquez. I forget what truck he drives do you guys remember off the top 63. of your head? 63. Uh, he just had an incident in the canyon here, was it Monday or last week? Anyway, he was coming down the canyon, you guys, out of fries and coming up to a curve, doing a great job, I think right at or maybe just a mile or two below speed limit, just minding his own business, doing his day, right, listening to the music, chugging along, and all of a sudden the car that was coming around the curve coming at him just must have been looking at their phone or daydreaming or what and just didn't make the curve and just barely curved around but was coming head on to manny and manny did such a great job you know pounded the brakes got off to the shoulder of the road not in a panic and at the last minute the person in the car was like oh my god and jerked back over to their lane and and just blew on past never came back checked on manny or nothing and you know manny was a rock star (laughs) he threw her back in gear and went right back to trucking and (laughs) there was no panic he handled the situation. He was so cool on yeah, the Yeah, it, it was just, you know, so neat to see that. Well, so we, co- we need to ask him about his butt cheeks, though. <laughs> <laughs> Manny, what did one butt cheek say to the other? I don't know if we can stop this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Call him Iceman. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Cool and collective. Yep, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just lots of stuff out there, everybody. We can't talk enough about it. You know, I, I have on the list here the trees changing up in fair play. The canyon, it's not nearly as critical because there's not many trees to look at. But over the years, running out of fair play now, we're coming up on, well, we're over five years of doing that. Yeah. We had a, a near miss two years ago or three years ago, uh, just looky-loos pulling off the side of the road. And here's the deal. You guys all know those areas where they can pull off and stop. This person was, wasn't to that area yet and was pulled off and, and just stopped in the lane and our driver was i don't want to say unprepared but it was last minute you know and it was actually a swerve out of the way and it was it was a damn close call because everybody's just up there looking at the trees 
They're so focused on the trees, they don't even realize they're stopping in a lane of traffic. So, ah, you guys, it, it, it is scary what we do. And you need to be focused on everyone. You can't be looking at the trees, right? You want to look at the trees, get in your car on the weekend and go up there and look at the trees. <laughs> or, or if you really are desperate, stop your yeah. truck, yeah. pull over to the side and right? look at the trees. But right. don't do it while driving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're everybody has to be experiencing it right now. I mean, we're running hot and heavy out of there on Saturdays. It's got to be an issue. So please, please, please be aware of it. Yeah. I know a couple of our guys have gone up on the weekend to, to check it out. Yeah. They've yeah. taken their yeah. family. Yeah. So. yeah. It was funny. We just ran up to Golden Sunday night. And the just up Highway 58, looking over at all of the Coors facility, all those trees are changing, and it is gorgeous. And I thought, yeah. why do I need to drive to the mountains? I'm just well, going to cruise up here to Golden. I it's honest, gorgeous. I honestly think it's peaking here right now. Yes, yes. yes. I bet you up on Kenosha, it's pretty much done. Yeah. 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 Well, 10,000 feet. Could well, be with may, the cold, yeah. Dave. Maybe yeah, we're yeah. too late, Dave, but. Let's yeah. talk about it anyway. <laughs> Tell you what, if it's not done yet, it will be by Monday. Because right? we're supposed to, after you and I talk, Dave, above 8,000 feet on Monday is, is uh, 8 to 12 inches. Ah, don't wow. talk like that, Dave. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's I got a nice tree in my front yard. I see it when I come home, and I'm good. I'm not, just, <laughs> I'm not even driving a golden. <laughs> Anybody else have anything on the The only other thing I have for, for, the, for the winter driving is pack your winter bag. You know, we've talked yeah. about that before. Put a winter bag together with all your stuff you need for, for winter for winter yeah. driving. Yeah, you know? at least carry a coat and a pair of gloves. My goodness. Yeah. Be yeah. prepared. And, yeah. and at least if you don't wear a ball cap, at least have a ball cap. It may not protect your ears, but have something to put over your head just to keep the snow off. Or, yeah. You know, we've had trucks break when it's cold out oh, yeah. that, that you can't idle. Right, right. And you're sitting there for two and a half hours waiting for a shop yeah. mechanic to show up. It's time to be a Boy Scout. Yeah, go get be a prepared. pair. Yeah, get a pair of bibs. Those bibs will keep you warm. Yeah. Chucks off. You're yeah. nice and toasty. Ask Big yeah. Country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not. I mean, it's a little off of trucking, but um, this weekend we went up to Nebraska to Lake McConaughey, and uh, it was nice enough. Me and Holly golfed at the little golf course there in Nebraska, but it was also cold. And that yeah, I got my stuff out of my pickup, all my winter stuff. I put my hat on. She pulled over, you know, put on one of the a hoodies, and and we golfed and had a good time. But without having that extra stuff in my pickup, right. it would have been miserable golfing. And that's just be prepared, yep. you know. And it's just just a game of golf. Love so, it. Yeah. Soup, you ready to hit us with the high road hauling? You know, I was thinking, Jam, should we just hold that till next week? Because we've we're we've had a pretty long. It's two Talk minutes, today. Dave. Yeah, there's listeners that have been waiting yes. all week. Roll, for roll all it out, man. It's the, it's the couple of people that didn't win the $200. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I've got a good one this week, you guys. It happens to everybody. Everybody has to deal with it. So how can you stop the little things from bothering you? Right? Have you ever found that you're going about your business feeling pretty good when suddenly a teeny tiny non-important thing comes across your path and stomps on your day? I'm talking about the moment when there's no milk for your coffee or someone cuts you off on the highway or there's a 15 minute wait at the grocery store or at the post office or somewhere like that, right? (laughs) It's how you feel when you burn your eggs in the morning or find out that someone else ate the last bit of ice cream, (laughs) right? So there are things you can do at the moment when you're struggling with anger or frustration, and you need to calm down. If you want to stop feeling angry, frustrated, and bothered all the time, then you need to figure out what's going on inside that has you feeling this way. 
You don't need to learn how, or you don't need to learn how to calm down if you're not letting things get to you in the first place. So first thing, uh, resist the urge to complain. I know this is easier said than done, but I've learned that the quickest way to keep something from bothering you is not to complain about it. This goes against popular belief that you should get things off your chest, but when you complain about something, it magnifies the situation. You draw attention to the issue, and it makes it bigger than it needs to be. When you make the effort to stop complaining, you almost always feel better, and hopefully you even have a positive effect on the people around you. Also, look at the little picture. Sometimes you can read too much into things, particularly when you're feeling run down or tired. Uh, when you're not feeling 100%, it's easy to misinterpret the intent behind other people's little comments or actions. When you feel yourself getting upset, pause for a moment, turn your attention to what's bothering you, and try to frame it in its simplest form. You can't control the things that happen to you, but you can control how you react. It's not always fair, but the less you let things bother you, the happier you will be. Choose compassion. It's easy to get annoyed with people sometimes, but it's never a nice feeling. Um, but it's never a nice feeling. Sometimes you have a good reason, other times less so. But either way, letting go is often the best option. And one easy way to do this is to think humanizing thoughts about the person who has upset you. You can use this knowledge to be more compassionate in our daily lives. Next time you get annoyed with someone, try to shift your focus away from what happened and instead think of their stories, what their day might be like, and think of them with more kindness and compassion. Um, also, let go of expectations. Oftentimes you have a plan for your day and it just doesn't work out. Life has a way of just happening no matter what you have planned. If you can let go of expectations and open your mind, you'll notice that yes, the day is not going the way you wanted it to, but it's far from over and there is still plenty of time to change the course and turn things around. If, if you find yourself getting frustrated or annoyed over something small, try pausing for a moment and asking if you're letting your expectations affect the experience. So those are four quick things that it, all of us can do to try to stop letting the little things bother us. And the quote this week is a really good one. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. <laughs> and you are the one that gets burned. That's by Buddha. <laughs> There's like some it. common sense. <laughs> right? <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Oh, right. That, I, I heard one, Dave, and I, well, I shouldn't even probably say it because it'll take away because that was a great deal. But similar to that is like if you're in a peeing contest, <laughs> no, at some point, everybody's going to get pee on them. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. That's what Buddha's saying, right? right. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So, there you go. And also, I'd like to throw it out there, and I, I think about this every week, because back in the day when we had safety meetings, I would hand that out to everybody. Yeah. And a lot of guys do like to bring it home and share it with their families and stuff. If you would like me to email it to you or actually print out a copy, I, ha I read from a printed copy. So just give me a shout, and I'd be more than happy to reproduce it, and yeah. you guys can share it with, with other folks. You can reach Dave at dweldon at jfwtrucking.com. <laughs> Boom. Or at the Fuel <laughs> Island. <laughs> or his phone number is. Text, tweet, <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah. Right. All right, final thoughts, everybody? You got Dave? Yeah, I'll jump in there. I mean, I you know, I 
I'm not nearly as prepared as Jim is every week. He seems to kind of <laughs> do some notes that's and write his, some stuff. That's down. like his area. It that's is. It's, all it's, it's his jam, isn't yes, it? <laughs> it really is. So, I love it. I, I kind of came up with, it seems like the common theme through this podcast has been communicating. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a visual guy, and I guess I visualize all of us, and this may sound corny, as if anyone has ever taken the lid off, off like we used to rebuild our own transmissions, right? Our own 13-speed or 18-speed transmissions. And you take the lid off and you look at all the gears in there, I visualize as every employee here is a gear in that transmission, mm-hmm. right? We're just a tooth on every gear, right? But to make that spin, we can't be missing a tooth, right? This, this gear over here needs to go from its counter shaft through the main shaft, be shifted up to get to this gear over here and make that truck move, right? We're all just gears in a transmission. And if we're missing a tooth, it's, it's broken. It's not going to work. So I guess I view, you know, even Clint as well, all the, all the companies that we've partnered with, uh, that JFW has done business with through the years, our, our customer base, the people we purchase from, all the employees, you know, and then you you just walk it right back to wash bay, to shop, to HR, to support, to you guys, to everybody. We're all connected, right? It it takes each and every one of us to make that transmission turn. If one of us is broken, that transmission doesn't turn. So, yeah. to me, that's that's the that's the common thread. That's the communication. That's the that's the trailer talking to the truck. That's yes. the dealerships talking to each other. That's you know us getting that information about the CMEX job out. That's you know, and that's that all of those things help each and every one of us. That's the poles painted out there at, at uh, gosh, what dairy was it? I spit it at Lost Creek. Quail Ridge. Quail Ridge. Shout, out, what, what, shout out to Scooby, by the way, for doing yeah, a great job. Yeah, he went out there and painted all the poles red and also drilled the top of the concrete yeah. in them and put in our, we have the orange safety sticks with, with we call the flag, yeah. but it's like that. Yeah, if you hit one of those poles now, I mean, shame on you. Yeah, going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. So, so anyway, that's my final thoughts, everybody. That was, uh, we're all connected, right, to, to get the truck to move. Yeah. We're all a gear in that transmission, and it's, it, it's a big deal. Yep. So thank you. Good thoughts. Clint, you got any fun? Yeah, I do. I, I, I cracked the code. <laughs> I now know why it is what it is. When we look at your drivers delivering to my mom's place, mm-hmm. she thinks they're the owner. When she looks at the trucks and I look at the trucks, they look beautiful, well-kept, and right. I'm able to come from the outside in. I got to the top right here up on your uh, second floor of your office yeah. and see all, how much y'all care. Yeah. You've made my mom part of your family, mm. believe it or not. She's going to listen to this podcast, and it all makes sense now. Why is it? How is it? Now I know the reason. That's awesome. That Clint. is cool. Yeah, Very Great. nice. Great final thought. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Love that. Love Love that outside. There's that, you yeah. know, me and you were 13th talking. man. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And me and Clint were talking before the, the podcast. There's a, you know, three people are, are, are great or one person is great, but three people are better even if one's a meathead. Right. You know, we, we, we <laughs> joked about that. And, That'd be and, me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> any one of us at any time, right, Jim? Right. Right. Glad you're here, Jim. Otherwise, it's me. See you down there the road. Put some pressure on it. You guys... Now, you know, that was awesome, Clint. And then yeah. you guys mentioned about my thing about ending up here. And I'm like, oh, man, that, that feels like some pressure there, you know, to, to, to live up to that. And I, I, I have two quotes. So 
One's from Abraham Lincoln, and uh, and it's it's about this podcast again. I just love how sometimes they fit, but we I guess we have the same theme. But he says here, he says, "Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe." Yep. Okay, and you know, packing your winter gear. You know, mm-hmm. checking, not slipping through the yard. That that's sharpening your 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 axe. axe you know. Mm-hmm shoveling out your trailer cleaning out the trailer that's that's sharpening your axe you know and you did that for four hours that means the rest of your day is going to be less time mm-hmm. and and you and you, you I, I look at that stuff as we all age and we get farther in history and we can record these quotes he was he was born in 1809 he was president in 1861 so that's 161 years ago and, and, and in 1861, he's looking at everybody going, you know, we have this job to do, but we need to sharpen ourselves to be able to do that job over a, almost 200 years ago. Same thing we're saying right now, and it, it holds so true, you guys. So if you, if you hear anything, take the time and, and sharpen your ax. Yep. You know, that, that's important. And then, and then the last one here, and, I, and I, I've thought about it, and I've thought about it, and you, you know, and I'm like, okay, do you really do it? Do you really do it? Do you really do it? So people die of boredom. They die of boredom, psychological conflict, and disease. They do not die of hard work. Ooh. Good one. So I guess I'm challenging you guys. Do you know anybody that died of hard work? I mean, I've, I've worked some hard days. And I go, oh, that, was, that was hard. Yeah. But I have not, I have not died, right? You know, and I, I guess huh. when when we look at things of being hard, you don't die from it. So and so passed. He was just working too hard, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, who 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 do you know? I mean, you've had you've had some people have had a heart attack, or, <laughs> right. but that's a disease, right? Right. You know. But have you died of hard work? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Ah, my final thought and. Yeah, my final thought is kind of related to that. So I was looking through my memories, and a memory popped up. And it's fitness-related, but it could uh, apply to many things in your life. But it said, if you don't feel like working out today, take tomorrow off. Right? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, still work out today. Take tomorrow off. Yeah, you don't feel like going today. Well, you go today, and you can take tomorrow off. Right. Right? So same thing. Like, you didn't want to jump on your bike later today, Clint? Well, that's cool. Don't. Don't ride tomorrow, but still go today. Right. You know, so <laughs> yeah. you could apply that to a lot of areas of hard work, and it doesn't need to be fitness. It could be your job. It could be whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. The, I, I, you know, I'm butting in here, but Do it. I see I seen a sign at a restaurant, <laughs> free pie tomorrow. <laughs> Whenever you go in, it's tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, so I, on your working out, you know, oh, you know, skip tomorrow. Right. It's never tomorrow. Right. So anyway. Exactly. Perfect. Soup, you got anything else? That's kind of a weird thought, Jim. Does that mean tomorrow never is going to come? Not, not really. I mean, <laughs> no, that means well, come back tomorrow. About that. Let's talk about come that back tomorrow. tomorrow and eat here again, and then you can have some free pie. Yeah. I'd be like, I was here yesterday. <laughs> my motto is life. Catch 22. Yeah, my motto is life short, eat dessert first. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah. I just want to leave everybody with go about your business every day with the spirit of a champion. Love it. Ooh, yeah. look at that, Dave. Good yeah, stuff. I just want to also thank Clint for showing up today. Thank you. Yeah, you thank you for coming. I'm honored. You were a great guest. Sorry it took so long to get through this podcast, <laughs> but we had auctions to do and real estate to talk about. <laughs> yeah. and 
Yeah, so I really appreciate you coming on. You bet. Thank you. I'm honored. Cool. Let's finish up with the creed and go to work. Let's do it. Perfect. Yep. Together we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together we are the JFW family. And from now on, you're, you're blood in, blood out. <laughs> you, you and your mom, Clint. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you. Hi, right, everybody. Thanks, See you everybody. Next week. Thanks.